Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aoub. <laughs> what about Aoub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. Got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fine. We, we, in the, we in the thick. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to be screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right. How about a free beer Friday? and a football Friday for you for the next three hours here on Pirate Radio Live on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we're on 125930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're following all of our social media accounts because we are putting out ECU football practice content each and every day as the Pirates on the practice field will have media availability with Mike Houston coming up on Saturday. So stay tuned for that as uh, we are your preseason fall camp headquarters right here at Pirate Radio. We are live today, three to six. And coming up on today's show, we'll talk to my cohort on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Billy Weaver, he'll join us coming up in just a little bit on the program to talk football and more. No Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com today. He is uh, away, so we will talk to C.W. Sloan. We'll talk some fantasy football, some NFL coming up in hour number two. The voice of Dottie Ficklin Stadium, Morgan Ayler's joins us at 5 o'clock. Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joins us in the 5 o'clock hour, and we'll wrap it up with brian north so we are wall-to-wall football on today's program got shirley Rhodes here cj schaefer and chandler honeycutt and uh we do have um something to do here early on in the program um we got to sing happy birthday i love doing this all right let me welcome chandler hey chandler what's up buddy by the way today is international beer day just so you know thank you for that it is and we're giving away beer on this show internationally you can only win if you're not a united states resident <laughs> no that's not i just figured i'd throw that in there no you actually have to come pick up your prize so we would like you to be from uh the states uh preferably north carolina and preferably uh close enough to come pick it up 18 pack of bud light bottles mm. on the line today bud light the uh, sponsor of our Bud Light uh, kickoff party, our Pirate Radio football kickoff party, the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are Bud heavy around here. We're giving away Bud Light today on the show. Now, back to the birthday. Yes, sir. It's a special birthday today. Why is it special? Because it's a guy that does a lot for uh, Pirate Radio. What does he do? Does a lot. Such as? Social media uh, yeah. content. Yeah. Uh, creating the awesome videos that you see mm-hmm. maybe like most recently the uh field of dreams promo that we did for the party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh he does all of that people are like well who does these awesome these are awesome mm-hmm, videos but mm-hmm. there's got to be somebody behind the scenes mm-hmm. that edits these videos and puts them together that person is the big dog glenn griffin whose birthday is today now does he age in human years or dog years that's a good question. Big dog years. You have to ask him. All right. Well, he is not here, but I can, I tell you what we can do. We can give the greatest gift you can give. And I love doing this. No, that's not money. That's not gift cards. 
that is giving somebody the gift of music the gift of sound the gift of vibrations through the ear canals and it's not like a song from somebody else it's a song that we're going to sing we are going to sing it. it's more personal right when we sing it we could have like had we could have pulled up a youtube video of somebody singing happy birthday sure or maybe stevie wonders we could have half-assed this happy birthday mailed it in no we want to personally <clears throat> wish you a happy birthday <clears throat> through song all right everybody ready <clears throat> Let's i roll. guess all right here we go from the top uh one uh two uh three happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear big dog dog. whoops to the bridge happy birthday to crazy happy birthday we went i mean we are did we go dummy we went absolutely dummy i mean do you know who we are us two could i be informed could you let me know uh yeah what is our title enlighten me oh uh our duo yes uh we are the weapons of ass destruction i'm glad you remembered (laughs) (laughs) how could you forget that name of our our duo our singing band all right are we on facebook live and youtube cannot find us on facebook and then also on YouTube, it is saying that it is an upcoming event. All right, so that would be a big fat no. No. So let's try to get us up there. Yeah, I'm getting it now. Get it, boy. Get, get it, it, son. Let's get it. All right, we uh, will get to our first guest on the program here in mere moments. We're going to talk to Jared Plummer, better known on social media as Pack the Jungle, um, because he there is a gofundme for the injured uh ecu commit parker bird who uh suffered a a boating accident and man it does uh get updates from his mother uh each and every day and he is going through and that family's going through quite a bit right now so some uh some financial help to ease the uh the the pressure going on there would be helpful and uh jared and the pirate nation uh, have certainly stepped up here and we uh welcome all jared Plummer to the program jared how you doing man i'm doing great brother hope you guys are we are uh by the way we still have your megaphones hostage so you can come pick those up at any time what's funny you said that i was going to send a message out but hey fellas at some point in time you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna get it back right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we feel kind of bad like we went one week without shooting the promo and we were like you know we need to get this thing done because jared's gonna want his yeah. megaphones back soon well it's not even as much as it's been it i mean yeah. three-year-old's the one that i have to explain you know i have to explain why why, why his megaphones missing. <laughs> whatever i mean it's honestly but he likes mr chandler so like i think we're good Oh, good. That's a good thing. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right, uh, Jared, uh, baseball season's so special. The the Jungle family, the Pirate family, you've got the team itself, Cliff Goblin. It's all kind of one big one big unit together. And, I mean, no better example of that as to what's happening right now uh, with Parker Bird, who uh, suffered that accident, and a GoFundMe has been set up, and you have been kind of spearheading this thing and giving updates on it. So, uh let's talk about the the initial goal uh jared and and where you are uh today with that 
frankly, what kind of happened, you know, it's interesting about his story is that, you know, nobody, I can I can guarantee hardly anybody knows or has physically met this kid. You know, he just reported to campus, what, June 23rd. So he's an incoming freshman. No, Nobody in Pirate Nation, unless they happen to live there locally around where he's from, Scotland County, know, you know, knows who this kid is. But um, <clears throat> uh, he actually followed the jungle back when he first, uh, back when he first started. He committed back four years ago. And um, so I've actually known him and, and you know, kind of kept up with him through the years. And, uh, you know, when, when, when this incident happened and uh, learned that, um, you know, maybe we, a lot of people reached out, hey, what can we do, what can we do, what can we do? I, I set up this GoFundMe account, and I figured, you know, what the heck, let's just kind of see what we can get. I, I started with the $5,000 uh, goal. It, it was certainly not all that ambitious, but I figured let's just kind of see if we can get any kind of traction. And I've intentionally done kind of smaller goals to kind of hopefully get a little excitement. And, and it's been, oh, man, uh, actually, I was just looking it up. We're, look, we're only a couple hundred bucks away from, from uh, 40000 American dollars. Yeah. Isn't that insane? $260 away, I believe, from $40,000. Yeah. How insane is that, right? Like, how cool. Look, and, and, and it goes back to the whole, look, nobody knows. I mean, when I say this, I don't mean that with no disrespect to, to Parker, but, like, you don't know this kid. This isn't, like, a starting player who's been on TV and all this stuff, you know, regional, super regional, that, that he sees he's doing. This is a kid that nobody really knows. But the fact of the matter is, and look, and I had a chance, uh, actually, probably about two hours ago, I ran by and actually met his father for the first time. He and I had been, been DMing back and forth over the last few weeks. Um, but I had a chance to meet him, and what was really cool about it is um, this kid is a pirate, man. And like, I could I could choke up right now after talking to his dad, but um, he only wanted to play for ECU. When he was in high school, he had met Coach Colombo, met Coach, Coach Godwin, and uh, in between, you know, showcase uh, games and tournaments and stuff, he'd wear ECU gear. Got to the point where his coach was like, hey, Parker, you know, you may want to wear some neutral stuff. There's other coaches that are going to be wanting to recruit you. He's like, yeah, but I, I just want to play at ECU. But, I mean, how cool is that, that a kid who literally – bled purple and gold before he was four years away from being able to wear the purple and gold. Yeah. Um, and, and Pirate Nation is doing this. It's, it's just uh, it's awe-inspiring, man. It's cool. It is very cool. And uh, just to, for folks that don't know uh, about the story and how serious it is, uh, he has had a portion of his leg amputated at this point, and they're still you know trying to figure out the the end game here. So it's like a day-to-day, hour-to-hour thing. Uh, right, Jared? Yeah, that's right. So I mean, it, it was to the point where um, the uh, on his and his father was telling me that you know, so a normal blood pressure is one hundred and twenty over eighty. Um, on the flight over from Bath from from the dock over to uh, ECU Health in, in Greenville, um, his blood pressure was a sixty over thirty, and um, he had just lost so much blood. And mm. you know, the, the people who 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 did the first aid and stuff absolutely saved his life. And then once he got there, you know. Kids been in a in a fight for his life, and and the attitude that the families had and their faith has been just awe inspiring. But look, I mean, it's a tough deal. The kids going from being a stud middle infielder with great power, I mean, excuse me, with a great bat to you know he, he's fighting for his life. And uh, but yeah, he they, he did. Uh, they made the decision. I guess it was yesterday to go ahead that they needed to amputate. Uh, they were hoping to do um, around mid calf um, or around mid shin. They could have a little more function, but uh, they didn't have enough of a blood supply in the in the muscle surrounding it. So um, they did go ahead and do a uh, slightly higher, um, but still below the knee, 
which is pretty significant from a functionality standpoint going forward. But I just talked to the father um, like a couple hours ago, and um, he's in shockingly great spirits, especially after hearing that it, it seems like from the surgery that they did today, um, knock on wood, they, they feel like that, that they can stop right where they are. They're going to have a follow-up surgery on Monday morning to finish closing up the wound around, around where they uh, had this, the, the IP, um amputation. And then we'll just go from there. But look, the guy's been fighting a roller coaster, so we got to keep the prayers up and keep the donations coming. Jared Plummer joining us. Pack the Jungle at ECU Jungle on Twitter. Just another example of the Pirate Nation uh, coming through. Great people out there. And uh, if you want more information, want to donate, uh, Jared's got all the information on his, his social media account there, a link to the GoFundMe. Also, looks like there's a Venmo account opened up as well, Jared. You got it. Yeah, I've, I've got a little ECU uh, Venmo account, uh, ECU Jungle Venmo account. For some people, they just don't do GoPro. And, excuse me, they don't do excuse me, GoFundMe. Um, and that, that's actually a little. Um, we don't. You don't have to pay the actual fee associated with the GoFundMe. But um, look, whatever. What, look, and frankly, if they really want to, they can DM me. If they're living in town, they just want to do a check. I'll come by and pick it up. Jared, great stuff, man. Uh, keep it, keep it up. You're, uh, you're Mr. Pirate, Mr. Purple. So uh, appreciate you joining us today with this information and uh, for what you're doing there for Parker and his family. And uh, come get your megaphones, and we'll see you soon, man. All right, sounds good, guys. Y'all have a good one. Go Pirates. Thank you, Jared. There's Jared Plummer. Uh, man, just trying to make the absolute best out of an absolutely terrible situation. And you get the updates every day from parker's mom and she is uh, continues to say things like we can't believe this is happening we can't believe this is reality but it is and they when something happens you got to respond quickly and you got to do the best you can make the best out of it they are trying their hardest to do that in just a impossible time right now i mean as somebody with um a child like you you hope if something bad's going to happen, it happens to you and not your child because you feel so helpless. And it's like, it is the worst feeling in the world. Can't imagine uh, what they're going through right now. But again, Jared and uh, the Pirate Nation stepping up, trying to help, uh, doing the best they can, all that they can. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I've been kind of watching this uh, since the uh, GoFundMe page has, you know, since Jared had opened that up and, and started sharing the link. I just find keeping, not only keeping an eye on that, but just keeping up with the story in general. And unfortunately, you know, we were really, you know, I was really hoping that uh, he was able to keep his leg and unfortunately that did not happen but he is still here so we can count our blessings for that and as a matter of fact i've been watching uh the uh the dollar amount and we are now just 85 dollars short of that forty thousand dollar goal on the gofundme page and uh and jared didn't mention this but i do want to shout out uh the american athletic conference actually donated five hundred dollars towards uh or to the uh, gofundme page so and that's saying something for a conference that has you know all of these schools that they you know are paying attention to and uh you know and we're talking about a player that has not set foot on ecu's you know ball field not once he's not been here yet he's not here yet as far as you know being a player and i certainly hope that and i'm sure that cliff godwin has got something in mind but i would love to make sure that he remains a part of uh the ecu pirate baseball family sure absolutely we we are nearing forty thousand dollars in fundraiser right now for parker bird where it was initially a goal of five thousand dollars yeah 
and the growth of the goal i mean he's having to go in like every few hours and raise the goal because of the support that the community and people around college baseball are showing just like shirley said even the american athletic conference is chipping in and i think jared made a good point this is a kid who is not a star on this team or wasn't yet and has he had just stepped on campus uh and is getting the love and support from so many people i mean forty thousand dollars is crazy I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I mean, for anybody. I mean, and you got to keep in mind, too, you know, uh, this is a long path to recovery for Parker uh, because, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do. There's there's just a, a lot of things that you got to do just to, you know, make that full recovery, not only from a physical standpoint, but a mental standpoint as well. So, um, you know, we are uh, hoping for the very, very best, and uh, hopefully this will um this next surgery that's going to go in and kind of close up the wound hopefully that'll be the last one he has to have and uh he can start that road to recovery but uh i gotta say that uh you know uh awfully impressed with the amount of uh support that this kid has gotten and shout out to everybody that's chipping in and is uh helping out and contributing to this almost forty thousand dollar goal but shout out to jared Plummer, mr ecu jungle who is just a true pro- a true pirate in himself and uh it doesn't shock me at all that he started this and is showing so much so much support for this future pirate jared uh just added the uh commissioner of the aac sent flowers personally today he also said mike houston sent a helmet signed by the football team oh so that's cool it's about you know the the financial support that you're going to need when you have surgery and bills such as this but also you mentioned the mental side but yeah you know just morale and just yeah the emotional to, support not a lot to smile about right now when you're in that situation so anything helps and uh that's really cool to see everybody chipping in pitching in doing what they can to try to make this awful situation uh just a little bit better uh so there is that thanks to jared for joining us uh getting that information out here on Pirate Radio Live. A um, co- couple other quick things before we take a break, get to Billy Weaver. Uh, Chandler, if you went out this weekend and shot even par, man, you'd be you'd be tell- calling everybody you knew uh, telling them. Yes, shooting even par by myself? Absolutely. Yeah. I would be tickled, and I would literally be calling everybody, especially my golf buddies, saying, hey, guess what I just did? Uh, but, yeah, I would be so tickled. Harold Varner third shot even par the first two days uh was it good Wyndham, enough and that's not gonna get him to saturday and sunday it looks like which the cut line keeps dropping we need some guys to just really really struggle here of late uh but the projected cut is now uh at minus one harold shoots even par a 70 yesterday a 70 today and it looks like he will not be playing into the weekend at the Wyndham, which is disappointing it's his you know home state course and yeah. I uh, expected uh, a big weekend from him. Could not do it this weekend as he shoots a 70 today. Harold missing the cut is something that's very rare because I, f- I feel like uh, most of the time he goes out there in a tournament, he's going to make the cut. There was a great streak there for yep. Harold Vaughn third of him making the cut. But unfortunately, what it looks like right now is that HV3 will not make the cut into Saturday and Sunday in Greensboro in the Wyndham Championship. But maybe people can uh, choke here and maybe the cut line can get down. Well, speaking of choking, uh, our buddy was tied at the top of the leaderboard. Huh? I said the, the guy that we like, top of the leaderboard. Huh? Yeah. Wait, huh? Exactly. Huh? We're going to do this again today. John Huh. John Huh uh, was tied a moment ago at nine under par for the lead, but has now dropped back 
to seven under par there is a group of three woo kim and more ryan moore who are tied uh, at nine under at the Wyndham in greensboro on the buccaneer music hall leaderboard presented by the buck and uh i know we're getting ready to go to break but just a quick update uh just moments ago we I have didn't. eclipsed the forty thousand dollar mark that is awesome news. I didn't throw it to break. I oh, I thought you were throwing it to break right now. Oh, never mind. I'll kill no, the music. No, we can go to break. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. Isn't it about time to get a break? It's about time. Well, you said a couple things before we go to break. And I did one thing. <laughs> Sorry. Shirley jumping the gun on a Friday. Wait, who's directing this show? Me I, or you? I guess. <laughs> uh, apparently it's you. Okay, I'll kill the music. All right, let's go to break. <laughs> We will be back with you and talk to Billy Weaver when we return on a free beer Friday and a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. You can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're out by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, welcome back into Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. We are talking NFL, fantasy football coming up. I'm in the slow draft. Just drafted Isaiah Spiller before I came to work today. Chandler, do you have any idea who that is? Is he related to <laughs> Clemson running back C.J. Spiller? I don't know. I don't believe so. I don't know anything about this guy other than he is a rookie. You know, I have trouble spelling Isaiah, um, as you just saw there. He is a rookie for the Los Angeles Chargers. Texas A&M. I do remember him now. So, uh, took a shot at the rook earlier today. We'll talk fantasy football, NFL coming up. Hour two of today's show. Right now, we will head out to the pirate radio live line and talk to my cohort on the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show billy weaver joining us on the pirate radio live line weave how you doing today man doing great man hot like everybody else but great and ready for football man yeah and had a little on uh, last night as the hall of fame game raiders uh over the jaguars last night i watched the first half i watched i actually watched all of the I guess lightning delay uh, that went on just because I wanted some football content. So you had the new NBC crew with Mike Tirico, uh, with Al Michaels gone, Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. I was uh, a little disappointed to see Jason Garrett added, Weave, because uh, not a Garrett fan, but uh, he has popped up and will be, I guess, uh, part of NBC's crew. But man, it was just good to see some live football, some football talk on the TV. So uh, I enjoyed it last night. Yeah, and I think I saw something where um, actually starting this week, um, we will not have a week without football starting this week with that game uh, until mid-February. 
So how's that sound? That sounds lovely. Sign me up. I am all in for that. So uh, <laughs> our uh, commanders get underway with their preseason next Saturday against the Carolina Panthers. So you've got that. You've got ECU practice going on, which began earlier this week. And uh, we've the, the high school season about to come up, too. I've talked to two more high school coaches this week on Pirate Radio Live, and uh, that is two weeks away, believe it or not. So we are uh, getting there close, uh, getting close to it. Yeah, once we get into the month of August and football practices start, it's, it's full force. Um, the good thing is that uh, it's not that way for me now as far as work is considered. Now I get to sit back and relax and kind of um, take in all the sights and sounds of August and get to talk about football and hang around football and all that stuff without actually having to put on a whole, a whole bunch of work. Because, you know, you know, in the business that, that I was in, the TV business, especially with high school football, once you got into August 1st, once August 1st hit and football practices for high school started uh, started up, we were just, uh, I mean, it, it was, you know, shifting from first gear to sixth gear, uh, you know, and skipping two, three, four, five. I mean, it was, you were right there in high gear. Uh, so that's the part I don't miss, um, but I do miss the part, you know, going out and talking to the the high school football coaches, which you've been able to do. And, you know, this is a brutal time, uh, and it's no secret to anybody around here. And, you know, we were talking about the heat a little bit. It's hot outside. You know, these these coaches are practicing either very, very early in the morning yeah. or late in the evening to try and beat some of this heat, uh, you know, because it's, it gets dangerous out there. And I know the Pirates, you know, when they opened their schedule on Wednesday, I think a wake-up call was about 6 o'clock in the morning. So, these, these guys, you know, these coaches are taking this heat very seriously. I know they don't like to talk about the heat because they say, hey, man, it is what it is. Coaches are like that. I get it. I understand. But it is a, it's a part of what we deal with here in eastern North Carolina. And in September, it's not really much better. So uh, that's just something we have to deal with. But um, that's the part that I don't miss is going out in the heat of the day in these football practices and sweating and, and grinding it out. So I get to actually take a, a different approach this year to football season. And we will know, we know we'll see some longer games early in the year because there are a lot of stoppages due to cramping those first two weeks of the high school season. I, I've been able to call some games uh, for Conley, you know, before the, the uh, ECU season starts. And, and man, there's at least like four to five to six stoppages uh, that week one just from from cramping up and guys you know coaches are in the player's ear hydrate 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 and and some guys do everything they can but it still happens uh there early in the season yeah and you know what the the high schools uh north carolina state high school athletic association along with high school associations across the country have done a good job about also implementing uh timeouts uh that are not official timeouts that aren't you know uh, timeouts that are, are taken by the team and cost you know each team one of their very valuable timeouts. But they have timeouts built into the early part of the season for water breaks and just for that. The uh, and not just the players. I mean, we've I've I've been out to high school games before in the past where you've seen referees and umpires out there you know really struggling. And you got to remember some of these guys are up there in age and have been doing this a long time. Those guys need to be hydrated as well. So. Like I said, the North Carolina State High School Athletic Association has done a great job with that, and that's just, it's kind of the new normal now in, in football. Billy Weaver joining us. Weave will be right here to my left in less than a month on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show on what's uh, undoubtedly going to be a hot show, Weave, one way or the other. If East Carolina wins it, 
we're going to be partying people are going to be calling in talking about how they're going to go undefeated and be the best you know best team in the in the country if they lose it uh they, you know we, we might get some uh calls on the the very opposite end of that spectrum but i know one thing it's going to be a hot show coming up on uh september 3rd in the afternoon following east carolina and nc state and uh man i'm fired up for it yeah there's there's going to be no in between none it's it's either ecu fans are going to be so pumped up they can't stand it or they're going to be just out of their minds uh for lack of better words i guess pissed off <laughs> yeah that that's what that rival does and that's what a good rivalry does uh you know there's no there's no moral victories uh, if East Carolina were to go in, you know, obviously East Carolina is the underdog in this this game going into the season. Um, but if East Carolina was um, to lose that game and say lose by a field goal, um, ECU fans are going to take no moral victories in that. There's not going to be a whole lot of oh we played well, you know we came up on the the short end of the stick. No, that's not going to happen. No, and it, it's 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 win or nothing. Um, and and I like that. I like that a lot. So it's gonna, that first game. Yeah, exactly. And, and I tell you what, if if NC State or I, I should say if ECU wins that game, I predict that Troy Dreyfus will all will have already picked out a new Heisman Trophy winner from East Carolina. He won't be able to stand it. It's gonna be, and then they'll you know hopefully knock off. ODU the next week, Campbell after that, three and O with Navy. Yeah, it's just yeah, he's gonna be he'll probably like barge into the studio if if ECU beats NC State. Yeah. So well, that that's the thing is I predict that if ECU wins, Troy D will make his way into the studio. If ECU loses, he'll be out drinking somewhere. He will not be in studio. It is a front runner bandwagon situation, uh, no doubt. Uh, but we'll be with you after every game this year on the fifth quarter. Glad to have Billy Weaver back with us for another year. Had a lot of fun with Weave last year. Kind of a uh, a, a bit of a changing of the guard, Weave, when it came to just kind of temperament and mood on that show. It had been so down during the Mo years, and you have those blowouts. And when you know fans are interested, if a game is close or the pirates win or something unexpected happens but when you would just expect a blowout every week and east carolina was getting killed there really wasn't much to say on a call-in show there wasn't much for me to say you know but when you start winning when you have those close nail biters and they go either way uh there's a lot of talk a lot to talk about from games like that and and man how many close ones did we have last year we've some went the pirates way others didn't but it was fun to be in games at the end win some of those games have a winning season and now that's uh that's the expectation this year right anything less than six and a bowl berth is going to be a huge disappointment for pirate fans as it should be oh absolutely i don't think there's any question about that you know we'd mentioned that earlier before that that's the expectation that's the goal that's you know that's the bar that's already been set from last season they you know they went went to a bowl game of course didn't get to play in one last year but now that sets the bar because what you expect is is marked improvement every year and the easiest way to show improvement is in the win column uh and you you mentioned close games as well that that makes everything you know coaches always say winning cures everything and it really does i mean it cures the attitude of the players it cures the attitude of the fans the coaches and everything it makes our post game shows so much better uh, so yeah, last year was a real big shot in the arm for the ECU Pirates and the, and the Pirate Nation as a community to be able to rally around a team and say, okay, we're finally headed in the right direction. 
Um, so I, I think that's good. And, you know, getting back to this season, getting over that hump at the beginning of the year with NC State, and then you're looking at Old Dominion and Campbell, I mean, you know, you get a start. You get started out with a win against a very good NC State team, and man, that could just really set the tone for the rest of the year. So, and and I didn't know if you had seen this. Um, I thought this was interesting earlier this week. I had heard where Campbell has made a move from the Big South to the CAA. Um, so that's that's a big move for for that that program as well. And they're going to come into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, looking for a big upset as well, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun this this year. Yeah, conference realignment going on at the FCS level. Level, I did see that we we haven't talked about it on the show, but yeah, Campbell uh, going to make the move to the uh, Colonial. So, and I guess is that for? I was just thinking football. That's for everything we've. I guess. Yeah, because what's going to happen is that's going to reset the. Um, there's a, a good rival. The CAA, you know, back when East Carolina was in the CAA, was would ha- had a very good North Carolina presence. Uh, you know, uh, UNCW in the CAA, so that's going to keep UNCW and Campbell and kind of make that a nice little rivalry right up there. I guess it was I-40 that goes from Wilmington up to 95 and then into Bowie's Creek, that area. So that's going to be a big rival for them, yeah, in basketball. So, but it's it, that's a huge move for Campbell. Billy Weaver joining us, excited about football, baseball still going on. And uh, the more the Braves and the Mets play, the more I'm looking forward to football because the Mets uh, are the real deal. Knocked off Atlanta last night. Uh, They'll play again tonight. And I saw somebody say the Braves can't, you know, win the division this weekend in City Field, but they can lose it. And, you know, losing last night puts the Braves three and a half back of new york and uh, we'll see what happens tonight but uh the mets keep winning weave and uh eight out of their last ten three and a half up now on atlanta in the east and picked up another one how do you like the big boy uh vogelbach that they got who uh i i gotta admit i like him he uh he has a belly similar to mine so he's uh he was one of my favorite guys before he started wearing that mets uniform yeah i mean that was awesome and when he hit that ball last night Everybody knew it was gone immediately. I mean, that was just, you know, his reaction was awesome. So, you know, the Mets did a really good job before the trade deadline of getting some extra guys in there. And uh, Tyler Naquin came in there and hit a home run last night, his first at uh, City Field. So, you know, uh, I don't and I don't know if I agree that the the Braves can lose the division because you got to remember there's still seven other games uh, between the Mets and the Braves before the end of the season. And after this five-game series at City Field, the other seven are down in Atlanta. So there's still, I mean, even if, like, I would love to see it, it's not going to happen, but even if the Mets were to sweep the Braves in this series, even with it being a five-game series and, what, that would be a huge almost 10-game lead in, in the National League East, it still it still wouldn't be over. <laughs> we're both doing the reverse jinx right now, trying not to jinx our own team, so... We'll see whose powers are stronger, Billy. Right. I'm just trying to be not to be too optimistic. Oh, I understand, man. I understand. But hopefully you can – you know, sometimes like when Washington's doing well and, and it's going good, you're like – you're happy, but you kind of know something's coming. And you – I'm hoping, Billy, you can enjoy what – I mean, the Mets are 66-38, and 38, and yet you still have some reserve in your voice when you talk about them just because of years past. You're having PTSD or something. Yeah, and they're 67-38. and 38. I've been keeping track. But that's okay. That's okay. 
But you know what? The big number is that they're 34 and 13 against league, uh, teams in the National League East this year, uh, which is huge. Hmm. Um, but you know what? I mean, hey, I, I'm always very cautiously optimistic. You know that anybody that ever listens to me on the show uh, knows that as well. And I thought back when they had the 10-game lead in early June, I think it was, yeah. and by towards the end of July, it was down to a half a game. I thought, okay, here's the collapse. And I think everybody else did, but the Mets didn't collapse. They, they you know, flexed their muscles. They got some pitching back. DeGrom is back. Of course, you know, that's going to be a tough out for Atlanta during this series because they're going to have to face Scherzer and um, DeGrom in this series as well after already getting behind one, you know, in the first game of the series. So, it's going to be tough, the, and of course, with the Mets, you know, the new acquisitions, and and, and like you said, I mean, Vogelback, man, he's just awesome. He he's fun to watch because, like you said, he's got that big old belly on him, and there's some meat in that lineup. Now you look at uh, Pete Alonso; he's not the smallest guy in the world either. So the Mets have really put together a good team as far as pitching. They've got really solid guys at the plate and solid guys on defense. So I mean, there's a lot of people that are picking the Mets to to get into the playoffs, and that's all I want. I just want to see him make the playoffs and, and maybe make a, a good run in the postseason. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's no delusions of grandeur here with me and saying, okay, they're going to the World Series. I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, but I just want to get through the National League East right now. Yeah, it could be a big fall for Weave and his sports teams. We'll have football, we'll have Mets playoffs perhaps, and uh, some NASCAR playoffs as well. Weave will wrap it up with that uh, Cup Series in Michigan this weekend. And down the stretch, they come. Michigan, Richmond, Watkins Glen, and then a Saturday night race at Daytona, August 27th. And then it's playoff time uh, in early September, first Sunday in September. So we're getting down the stretch here of the NASCAR season. We It kind of it, it quickly uh, approaches, right? Yeah, it always does this time of year. And, you know, you get into a situation with NASCAR, of course, where it's always this time of year is when you're supposed to be as, you know, as excited as you've ever been for NASCAR and get into the playoffs the best time of the year. But then, of course, here comes football. And then everybody says, oh, well, you know, so maybe I'm not that <laughs> interested in NASCAR right now. Um, but it is fun. I mean, the guys uh, the guys have put on some shows. Um, this weekend at Michigan is going to be a whole lot of fun. It's a, it's a very fast track. Um, it's a place where, you know, guys, Kevin Harvick, um, this is a big um, big opportunity for Kevin Harvick. He leads all active drivers right now with five wins at Michigan. And he, it's funny because when we talk about the playoffs, you know, the top 16 make it. Well, right now, look where Kevin Harvick is sitting, number 17. Of course, if he gets a win at Michigan, which he's been very good at. Now, lately, last couple of years, Kevin Harvick's had down uh, down times. He has had, no, had a win this year. and But if he gets a win at Michigan, one of his favorite tracks, it puts him right into the playoffs. Uh, so it's huge for him. Um, guys like Kyle Busch run very well right there. Um, let's see, Chase Elliott. And I think Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch are the two favorites right now uh, by Vegas standards, anyway, uh, going into Michigan. But I, I got to look at Kevin Harvick to say this is an opportunity for him. Right now he's sitting on the outside looking in of the playoffs. We're getting down to the stretch run, like you said. This would be huge for Kevin Harvick and his team, one of the veteran drivers on this uh, series to get a win this weekend. 
Billy Weaver joining us. We've great to talk sports with you. We'll be seeing you soon in the Pirate Radio studios coming up in a month. So looking forward to that. Uh, hope you get your grass cut with the heat out there and uh, and survive it and uh, and are able to talk to us again uh, next week. Yeah, I got the front yard cut. Uh, I do it in stages. <laughs> hey, it's like NASCAR. NASCAR. <laughs> Billy Weaver won stage one. We'll see if he's able to do it stage two. Hey, you know what? Now that I think about it, how cool would it be to have a riding lawnmower um, like painted black with the slant three on it and the GM good wrench on there. Billy just got a new project. I, I see that coming soon. Man, how would that would be awesome? You know, I'd never thought about that until now. Well, you like to uh, to soup up. You, you got that? You still have that old truck weave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do it. Do it with your lawnmower, man. It'd be be a new summer project for you. I know I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think there was a John Deere commercial that Kyle, maybe Kyle Bush was in where he souped up his lawnmower. His neighbor next door was looking over at him. He's, you know, yeah, yeah. Grass in like 3.6 seconds or something like that. Or you had a pit crew out there. I'm sure that's been done before. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Weave, thanks, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you. Billy Weaver joining us on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one, talking NFL fantasy football hour two of today's show. More to go. Pirate Radio Live on a free beer Friday. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle, uh, bottle Shop near Christie's Euro Pub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And as we head back into PRL clip, uh, CJ just brought this up to me and since we're getting ready to talk about the NFL, figured I'd bring this up to you. And I promise you that we double-check this to make sure that this was legitimate. And it is. Cleveland, Ohio, will play host to the National Massage Therapist Convention later this month. Hmm. Interesting note, but what makes that note newsworthy? Who's the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? This is, a, this is a subtle thing we're supposed to do here. Oh. So we just subtle. announce that and move along? Yeah. Yes. Massage on that, listeners. Can't make that up. <laughs> Did that make sense? I don't know. I mean, it works. Massage on that. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. Well, I was going to say think on that. but Yeah. Rub mm-hmm. your uh, temple mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> um, I saw a similar story today. You did? Where these two things should not go together. Like massage therapy conventions. Is that what it is? Yes. Yes. 
and Deshaun Watson probably shouldn't go together. Um, Washington, the Washington Commanders are having a cruise. So you see these things where like the uh, WWE or somebody will have a cruise or like... New Kids on the Block is having a cruise. There you go. Like everybody has a cruise and the fans get together. It's, going. it's a By thing. the way, C.W. Sloan's going to talk to us next hour. He's sitting here. Hey, C.W. Hey, what's going on? It was just weird that you were sitting in the corner and, and <laughs> we were ignoring you. It's like some random person is just sitting <laughs> over there. Hey, there's a guy in there's here. There's a guy in here. Um, let me make sure because I didn't read the article but somebody... It might have been a joke, now that I think about it. Is this the official Commander's uh, website, though? Including Doug Williams, Dexter Manley. This is official. Gary Clark, Joe Theismann, Jordan Reed, Santana Moss. I want to go on a cruise with Santana Moss. (laughs) That would be fun. Um, But I saw, and now let me go back and see who said this to make sure it's not a joke. This is Brian Floyd... I don't know who he is, but he says that one of the guests, and I guess it's true. You know what? I'm going to believe this to be true, just for the sake of the Everything you read on the internet is true. Sure. The guy is verified. Sure. It's got to be true, right? It doesn't matter. So they're doing a cruise with Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, uh, Santana Moss, a bunch of people. Another former Washington great on that cruise is Fred Smoot who was part of the Yikes. Minnesota yes. sex cruise yes. back oh. in the oh day. Oh, my. Who really knows how to have a good time on a cruise. Oh, wow. boy. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, there's only so many things you can do on a cruise. <laughs> okay. Let's name a couple, Shirley. What do you got? What's number one on the power rankings? Well, obviously, you can partake in adult beverages. You can booze on a cruise. What else? You can hang out by the pool. Okay. What's which the, is very small. What's number three? You can gamble. I did way too much of that on the cruise. I went yeah, on. I did, did, there was this one machine, claw machine, that I, I got did addicted too to. too many times on my cruise. Um, <laughs> and get, you can occasionally play some trivia, and sometimes you have comedians that are on the boat. And well, that we saw uh, my mom was... You re- get bored real quick. I went with my parents, my sister, my girlfriend at the time, back in the day, and my mom... <laughs> just love this band you know they have like a crew like a house uh, yeah, band, house yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was like these uh four asian guys and they were singing classic rock and it was <laughs> and it was right up my mom's alley and she went every night to go watch that them that sounds like a awesome. stretch <laughs> it was i'm it gonna was. come in here next week and sing you some def leopard <laughs> all right well, they did 80s music trivia on the boat that I was on. Mine didn't have a theme. I just went on a cruise. I went to Cozumel and Costa Maya. That's where I went. And uh, Oh, okay. Not on the same boat, though. No. Um, but, yeah, I, have, I quickly learned that if you're not much of a drinker, which I am not, and you're not much of a gambler, or if you're a really bad gambler like I am, you get bored on the ship real quick. So... I I spent a lot of time wandering around just trying to find something to do. I ate a lot, and drank a lot. Well, the ice cream machine was twenty four hours a day, so I pretty much hit that the you know the whole week I was on the boat. I was too hungover to go to one of the destinations one day and completely <laughs> missed it. it. Like I I need to go on another cruise. I didn't. I did not. I was not a good cruiser last time. I now, when I got off the boat in Cozumel, I did hit. Uh, somebody told us don't go to the touristy. They have like the tourist shops or whatever. Right <clears throat> when you get off the boat, like go six blocks down 
one way and then there's like a flea market and it pretty much sells everything that the tourist places sell but for a lot cheaper so i i hit that place up and bought a bunch of souvenirs down there but um i really didn't get to do much anything else so yeah i was gonna say i i was a huge washington fan before i carried over to the bucks in the early 90s pick your one washington performer player you would mind you wouldn't mind being on a cruise with all right that's a great question Um, i got mine is clinton portis in jail he was just no, he no he got charged i don't know if he actually went to prison he was charged with all right i just want to make sure he's eligible because he might be on my list because he he's fun like i don't want to just say like art monk because that would be like the most boring cruise ever it'd be cool to say you hung out with art monk but like what are you gonna do sit in your room all day well the biggest party animal was not in the in the late 90s or the 2000s well john riggins well yeah you could argue his point yeah i was gonna say dexter the dude was on are you gonna do blow on the cruise ship? <laughs> well, i don't have to do it i didn't say I'm i didn't know you wanted to get wild wild i didn't say i'm gonna partake in Jesus what dexter Christ. did i just think he's a party animal. cw you're a wild man calm yeah, down okay well, <laughs> your family's watching dexter got arrested trying to board the ship with you know three pounds of cocaine so uh no i see what you're saying and he seemed I, like he'd be a fun guy <laughs> You went to an extreme there, I will say. Actually, if you watch uh, some of the NFL shows where they talk about each Super Bowl, Charles Mann seems to be really articulate. Yeah. He sounds like a really cool guy to be around. I, I like I him pro- a lot. I probably would pick him, to be honest. Gary Clark was actually oh, my favorite. I got another one. Love uh, Gary Clark. Chris Cooley would be fun to hang out with. And a little further past me, though. He's the, well, this guy is still there, and I love what he does with the TV and the radio. Uh, and on social media, but Doc Walker is very entertaining. Hmm. And I don't remember him as a player, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I enjoy hearing him talk. So, yeah. Uh, but Rigo would be cool. Yeah. So there you go. You're going yeah. Dexter Manley, huh? I, we learned a lot about it, you. Or today. Charles Mann. I, I, the two defensive ends that, that cornerstone that, uh, that run they made in the 80s. So, yeah, uh, all right. Chandler, what Panther are you going on a cruise with? Probably, uh, probably Smitty. <laughs> you're gonna get in a fight you're gonna beat up some people on your cruise i don't think he'll get into a, a i mean he was definitely a fighter on the football field on a cruise i don't know i feel like he's gonna be all fun i feel like i've told this story before but on my cruise my dad and i entered a ping pong tournament and i think there was only four people in the entire tournament on the ship and it was me my dad and two like 12 year olds and in round one, I beat the hell out of one of the twelve-year-olds, and my dad beat the hell out of the other one. So we met in the finals. So I could, so like, if that doesn't go Smitty's way, I could see him throwing a paddle, maybe getting in somebody's face. I don't know, but it would be fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. He's talking, he's talking trash right before. He's like, if you don't know who Steve Smith is, you gonna know who he is by the end of this ping pong match. He is gonna talk the entire time in your room. You're going to end up hating Steve Smith when you're done with that cruise. Now, we got to do a Bucks because y'all had your favorite. I'm going to go around the horn. Okay. All right, who's your Buck? Can it be current or is it going to have to be former? The answer would probably change. Um, so, how about this? You're taking Dexter Manley. You might as well take Warren Sapp, too, and you can get I, the prostitution in there. 110% it was Warren Sapp. <laughs> like, CW, you are, you're one of the more mild-mannered people question. I know. It wasn't even a question. You're not Sapp coming back 100%. alive. Now... So what a what a fall from grace he had because he was this huge smile always laughing 
And I guess what was it? Prostitution was that the it thing was that one got him in trouble? That occurred in Florida in a in a hotel that he he basically uh, got canceled before canceled was the thing. Right. He was with NFL Network and. He had a legitimate shot of keeping that for a long time. Absolutely, I, I actually, did. he could have been the Barkley of the NFL. I think so, and he and he's very articulate too, and he knows what he's saying. I, he actually did an interview recently on um, I'm trying to remember which which show that I saw in the last uh, eight months, and he looks good. I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. He talks about his daughters and and how well they're doing, and he seems to be doing pretty well considering you know yeah. that incident. I think he's put that behind him, but. Uh, but, but he was a big he was about to be a media star if i think like. so and, and i was actually at his hall of fame induction that's the last one i attended uh with a buddy of mine who's also a bucks fan we went to go see that and he was tremendous and he yeah. was really cool with the fans so i enjoy him i could see him making a comeback at some point yeah. it feels like it's been a long time it's been now. about three or four years i think you just yeah you have to kind of let that wait out before you know for people to be able to pull you back in and and put your name on the lights but good call that was yeah pretty obvious the current would obviously be brady i would just love to pick his brain but if, if it's a former it's going to be sad all right Steeler, uh who are you going with cj i'd want to say troy palomalu but i also kind of want to just say juju smith schuster I, I feel like i was just about to say you can make tiktok i yeah, feel like palomalu is in the art monk category where oh great guy be but like kind of boring just strikes me as a good tour guide maybe he might be into that yeah. yeah but juju i mean we see him on social media all the time he looks like he's having a great time so cw uh is choosing ben <laughs> roethlisberger from the steelers and i <laughs> uh, shouldn't even say the former panthers receiver he would be taken with him uh surely dolphins you know Ooh. i kind of wrestled with this Ooh, that's a good one uh mainly because i mean i love dan marino but yeah. i don't think he'd be any fun on a cruise I just think he would be kind of a jerk. He's a bit. Yeah, he's got that. He's uh, got that jerky I, attitude. I, got, I came across that the video. famous YouTube where he yeah. like freaks out. Yeah, he kind of freaks out, and I you, you know me. Different? Yeah, I, I don't deal well with people who do that. I saw so. a, I saw a video the other day where he was doing like a some kind of commercial uh, where you get a chance to win some be his backup for the day at practice and this and that, and he gets done, and the guy that's directing the video says. Yeah, let's do that again. He said, uh, "You kind of, kind of flub." He said, "I didn't flub. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Fl- he, I, I didn't flub." So he makes him do it again. He does it again, but like drops f bombs throughout. <laughs> and he says, "He says f it." He said, "F it. Send it in." <laughs> well, there's another video where he's doing like an NFL roundtable thing. Like, a, a t- is he still on? no on cbs yeah. no okay. uh, he's not on there anymore. but it was something like that and he flubbed a word and was and just lost and it. started cursing and like slamming pins and they were flying like he just he's got a temper mm. so. yeah and Shirley, so i don't do well with that Shirley, i i don't know how you can't look at ricky williams <laughs> Well, I guess well, dude, well, when you're doing all, cocaine, you cocaine, need something to bring you down. Cocaine, <laughs> prostitutes, and weed. Okay, so that might be CW your kind of cruise. Got a party going well, on. I mean, especially if you're going to Jamaica. Ricky Williams is Look how giddy he is. He's so giddy. I never knew this side of you. Uh, no, I'd probably go I with... I go on a cruise with CW Sloan. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Jason Taylor would be a cool guy uh, to hang out yeah, with. Good call. I like that one, too. Yeah, I mean, I think Zach Thomas might be a tad boring yeah. i think jason uh, might be a little bit more entertaining just kind of fun to jason kind taylor of would not be a good wingman because he is a very attractive fellow yeah. no, not, not a good not a good wingman but who's the ugliest washington player of all time i don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I have that on my list. Jason Taylor, good call. Seems like a good dude too. Is he? Yeah. A, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. A couple years ago. Yep. Him and is Zach in there too? No, no, no that's Zach's like the big. That he's one of the people talked about quite a bit. But they're they're related because I believe, or at one time they may be. I don't know if they still are or not. Uh, I think Jason married Zach's sister or something like that. So, so they're they're, they're like in laws. Oh, okay, cool. All right, maybe you'll get the family deal. Get them all in there. Is that Flavor Flav? Yep, that's Flavor Flav. We are watching the hype man. I mean, Chandler. I, it's uh, a elderly African American stick, gentleman stick with a clock around his neck. Did you think somebody was like? It's just so random. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the Ocho. Well, it is the Ocho. That is true. What's well, more random, seeing Flavor Flav there or seeing Jay Cutler in a cornhole tournament on ESPN two? I mean, that, I, this is about as random as you can get. You yeah. know what I was watching earlier on the Ocho? The twenty twenty two breaking championships, which is the break dancing. Mm. from back in the 80s mm. and it was fun to watch i, I really enjoyed that all right let's get a break in we'll come back marty smith firing up the crowd as we watch the cornhole championships we'll talk nfl fantasy football and more hour two pirate radio live back with you after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC. Com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. It is August. Pirate football practice underway. NFL preseason underway after the Hall of Fame game last night. Action will resume on Thursday. Commanders Panthers going on next Saturday, Chandler. I'm going to be honest and say that I did not know that was the first matchup for the Carolina Panthers in the preseason. Where are we going to watch it? Watch along. <laughs> Watch along. Panthers, Commanders. How preseason. boring will that be? Very. Uh, but uh, we are excited. It is also fantasy football season. I've got a draft scheduled for the weekend before ECU kicks things off. And my other league is a slow draft, which began on Sunday night. We have been making picks via text. And uh, CW is in that league. And I actually just made a pick right there at uh, sitting in that seat. Just took Daryl Henderson. What round are we in, CW? I believe... I can look it up yeah, if you don't I, have it. I don't have it on, on me right now. It doesn't matter. But we uh, are in the 10th round. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love doing these. And you do a bunch of these with your best ball stuff, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually in two tournaments right now. I'm in the middle of drafting both of them. And uh, $25 tournament will get you a million dollars. I'm trying to win that. Good luck uh, on that. Thank you, sir. Uh, my, the $5 tournament is also... A pretty hefty amount. I think it's a hundred grand. So I'm I'm just shooting for the moon here. And you can do these uh, through different sites, but do you use the underdog? Correct. Underdog fan? is definitely the most popular right now. It this is the third year that they have had these tournaments. It's a five dollar tournament and a twenty five dollar tournament, and so you don't have a whole lot of 
statistics to back up certain things after five, six, seven years. You only this is only in its third year, so you only have two years of research that you can do. So it's actually good, so you don't have to uh, <clears throat> delve too too far into the past. But uh, all right, well, the numbers. let's continue our uh, team previews. Okay, and these are our last two divisions, right? Yeah, we covered them all after today. Let's go uh, AFC East and AFC West, and a lot of good players in these divisions. And we'll start with the team at the top of the AFC East. That would be the Buffalo Bills. I've heard a lot of discussion. I'm starting to listen to podcasts. I like the uh, the CBS Fantasy podcast with uh, because it's they get a little jokey at times, but it's pretty much all information uh jamie eisenberg who's actually the cousin of the actor wait yeah jesse eisenberg mm-hmm. is his cousin nobody mm-hmm. cares uh dave richard those guys but anyway they were talking about stefan diggs who had a monster help me out 2020 yeah the last year he was in minnesota was his career year he did take a a little bit of a tumble last year, not because he was injured or because the offense wasn't any good. It's just because of the way I thought the offense was constructed. First year in Buffalo was his career year. No. Okay. Well, it was his last year. Oh it, no, it I, was. Yes. Okay. That was not his last year in Minnesota, but his first year in Buffalo. Listen That's to right. me, people. It was not last year, but a year before. Twenty twenty, one hundred twenty seven catches, over fifteen hundred yards, yeah. eight touchdowns. Now, the numbers dropped last year, but he did have 10 touchdowns. He had 103. We say his numbers dropped like he had a bad year. 103 catches, over 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. But the point is, he is the what number receiver going off the board? Fourth? Yeah, you're probably you're taking him in the in the first round, in the first round, beginning of the second round. And and I don't like him in the same tier that I have the guys in the first round. Which are Cup. Cup, Jefferson, Jefferson, Chase, and Devontae Adams. To me, I would take Diggs as a step down. Now, most people are putting all of those guys kind of clumped together, but I, I just based on the nature of the offense, not, it has nothing to do with the talent of Stephon Diggs. All right, so Diggs uh, is going to be an early pick. Where is Gabe Davis? It, certainly draftable. Where are you drafting him? Yeah, right now, uh, there are three receivers that I, when I looked uh, at all the numbers, he has actually got the, the second biggest discrepancy as a wide receiver in best ball and in redraft. So in best ball right now, he's going at number 43. His ADP is 43, but in redraft, he's going at number 62. So you're talking about an easy two-round difference between the two. Uh So you have to kind of talk about him in in a slightly different way, depending on, you know, most players are not that way. But in this case, there are a couple other receivers I can name later that I am going to name later. Gabe Davis is definitely one of those you have to kind of look at. He has had freakishly similar seasons so far. He's had 35 catches both seasons he's played. Uh, He's had 599 yards and 549 yards uh, in the two seasons. He's had seven touchdowns, six touchdowns. So the numbers are the same. He blew up in the playoffs last year. So the recency bias, I think, is what's really, you know, putting a lot of emphasis on why he's going at, at pick 43. I mean, he did something that no other receiver in NFL history, including Jerry Rice, has done, which is score four touchdowns in a playoff game. And so it's the last time you saw him on the field. So naturally, instinctively, yeah. that's what we're going to think. Having said that, I mean, I, I don't know. 43 is a little early for me. But again, it's best ball, so you're not really having to worry about starting him every week. 62 sounds about right. Uh, I, you know, the, you haven't seen it before for a full season, so you are taking a little bit of a risk. Uh, but you are talking about the top three offense in the league. So 
if you're going to take a risk, it's for someone on on a roster like that. They have former Buck OJ Howard. I was not aware of that. I I kept Dawson Knox because I got a decent discount on him mm-hmm. and figured I'd just stash him. Is he in your top twelve? He's in my top twelve. He's in my top ten. And in fact, in my twenty five dollar tournament, uh, he's actually my starting tight end. So yeah, I like him. Uh, in a great offense. Now we get to the running back position. Do you want a Bills running back this year? Uh, yeah. And, and so. Daryl Singletary is the one that you were going to want to grab uh, in probably somewhere in the eighth or ninth round. James Cook is somebody you want to take about a round or two later. If you're talking about a best ball league, it is really smart to grab both of them if you really feel like that both of these guys can contribute because you don't have to worry about which guy is going to you know pop off each week. Uh, but if you're talking about a redraft, I would certainly take Daryl Singletary at least a couple rounds before I would take James Cook. But they're uh, both draftable. Uh, you are a staunch weight on a quarterback guy, so you probably won't have Josh Allen. Let's say you're in like a two-quarterback league or something where that values quarterbacks. Is there anybody that you would consider taking over Josh Allen this year? No. Okay, he's so he's one. the clear-cut number one, one QB. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else on the Bills? We need. To uh, if you want to, if you want to save one of your last two picks, and, and again, I always try to look at upside, but at the same time, I also try to peg these offenses that are going to score points. And the event an injury comes into play, you have a guy that can fill in. Jamison Crowder has taken Cole Beasley's spot, and last year mm. Cole Beasley started uh, pretty much all season, and he had three games that were very plausible for you to to do well in. In fact, he was on a couple of the championship teams because he had a, he had one or two games where he popped off late during the playoffs so uh crowder's going at adp is at 165 right now he's he's practically free uh but he's one i would certainly consider okay. all right i like james yeah. crowder yeah all right let's go to the dolphins i have i've fallen in love with the dolphins love their coach it's funny because i love hill and waddle and then i was talking to uh friend of ours jake and he said i like mike gusecki to have his best year ever so we love all these guys the person we don't talk about that we love is their quarterback who's getting the ball to all these guys so that is some cause for concern but i'm putting my money where my mouth is jalen waddle is a keeper in my other league i drafted tyree kill uh in the second round of the league we're in so uh, I guess go with Hill. What do you think about Hill in his new spot? Yeah, his ADP right now is late second. You you definitely have to pull the trigger on him on a second round pick if you're going to take him, unless you're on the turn at pick 24 and he hasn't been taken and you want to turn around in the third and take him. But other than that, Hill is pretty much going in the second round. Waddle is going about a round and a half later at 36. So I, I like where both of these guys are and I like the the situation that they're in. I would argue and and you can you know agree or disagree. Tua might be the most uh, questionable player in the entire fantasy realm. If you talk about uh, what kind of expectations he has, the players around him, and how many different things that could happen with Tua, I, I, I just don't know no. where to put him. And we love, well, we I, I love their coach, the offensive mind that they brought in from San Francisco. Love all this talent, and if if we're going to say that they are going to have a, a good year and a good offense, we got to believe in Tua, yeah. right? Well, I, I don't. But I don't. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm having it's I'm, because you haven't I'm seen conflicted. It, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you also haven't seen Tyree Kill in this offense. So I mean, you don't know how much that might open up. Some you know something for everyone else. I would pump the brakes a little bit on Gasecki, as much as high as I was on him earlier in the summer. Ever since training camp, all the beat writers are talking about how they're using Gasecki twice as much in the blocking game. And so that tells me, you know, with Tyreek, you know, coming on and with the fact that this new offense and Gasecki as a tight end being utilized that way, I don't know that I'm going to draft him as much as I thought I would 
earlier in the summer all right do you want a dolphins running back good grief they've got a hodgepodge of guys here. got a plethora of them but chase edmonds good? raheem yeah. mostert sony michelle miles gaskin who had some good games last year you're right? taking a flyer on all those other guys the only one you're actually drafting in a 12 man for uh, maybe with the exception of mostert if you really feel like he could do well is, is chase edmonds he's going uh, at pick 94 right now and, and he's the only one i would even sniff at for this particular offense in miami all right chandler any questions no all right we move on to the patriots the first patriot off the board is damian harris and and as crazy as it sounds as as good as new england tends to be every year the best player as a fantasy outlook is pick 84 that just is really strange to me that you have to wait that long to find a New England Patriot, but but yeah, he's he's going somewhere in the neighborhood of the eighth round. I do like his potential, especially in the goal line. But you do have Ramondre Stevenson coming up right behind him in the very next round. Uh, they're very close in terms of their ADP. A lot of people like the upside of Steven in the pass catching, but Harris still has that number one role at this point in the season. We just got done talking about the Miami Dolphins. What about former Miami Dolphin Devontae Parker? That is intriguing to me. Yeah, Devontae Parker's going in the 11th round right now. And what what they're talking about in camp, Mike Reese is is reported from ESPN, what they really love about Devontae Parker is his goal line situations. They are throwing the ball up and nobody can can get it. So Devontae Parker is the one that they are looking at as a – as a target inside the red zone. That that speaks pretty well for a guy taken in the 11th round. I like their tight ends mm-hmm. with Hunter Henry and Johnny yeah. Smith. And the problem is, like, football-wise, okay, pretty good team you've assembled here, but, like, fantasy-wise, it doesn't feel like it's going to do much for you. Right, and Mac Jones, they, they've talked about how much better he has gotten uh, over the last 12 months. And, you know, you, if you go back and look at the statistics for – Hunter Henry, he was sharing uh, the field a lot with Jonu Smith, and Jonu Smith got hurt, and all of a sudden, uh, they opened up uh, with Hunter Henry. He had six touchdowns last year. That was equal to Dalton Schultz, you know, for the most part, or at least come close to it. I think Dalton Schultz maybe have eight. But, uh, but yeah, he's definitely somebody that I would be looking at late as a backup, or if you decided to pass on tight end uh, in the first ten rounds. Alright, let's wrap it up with the Jets. So, first Jet off the board is going to be Brees, Brees Hall. Hall. Yeah, fourth rounder late third if you're really going to put all of your chips into him. I I don't know that I'm taking him as one of my first three picks, but I certainly like him in the fourth. Elijah Moore comes a little bit after that into the sixth round and he's definitely looking good in camp. I don't know if you saw a lot of the one-hand grabs that he's been making. I don't know if that speaks anything of of, uh, of fantasy, but they are liking his ability. And They got some fun young guys. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis has made plays in the past. And Michael Carter, especially if you're looking at Brees Hall, uh, North Carolina guy, uh, who put up four touchdowns and, and over 800 yards last year. They got the tight end from Cincinnati, Uzuma. Uzuma. Oh, yeah, yeah CJ Uzuma. Who I, I feel like he filled in for me a couple weeks last year and did okay. He but, had a couple games that yeah. he blew up, but uh, I don't know that I'm really drafting anybody from the Jets beside those four players. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk AFC West. ton of players to dive into there and more fantasy football topics as we talk NFL fantasy football here. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. Take 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex-Mex Fusion Restaurant offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 1030 to 230. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the Sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at Sidebar.Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday, Free Beer Friday, Football Friday. Craig says, question, is Clip saying Sailor Store or Cellular Store in the advertisement? I'm saying Sailor Store. It is a store you go to buy sailor outfits, hats, all your aquatic... Nautical needs. Nautical needs. That's the word I was looking for. At the Sailor Store. So thank you for asking, and I just answered your question. All right, C.W. Sloan's here. He's our fantasy man in more than one way. Chandler Honeycutt, C.J. Schaefer, and Shirley Rhodes here. Let's talk AFC West. C.W. said this is the largest pool of talent when it comes to fantasy how many of the top 100 players average draft position i'm counting 17 in the adp right now out of 100 and and i know that doesn't sound like a lot but it when you talk about all the different players in this division well there's eight divisions and that's about a fifth of the players Mm -hmm. so yeah that is a lot yeah um how many of those come from the chiefs they are a very interesting team the first chief off the board is a tight end it's travis kelsey and are you, if you want Kelsey, are people having to take him in round one or can they wait till round two? Well, his ADP right now is 13. And okay. uh, in, in a different sites, I kind of did uh, looked at two of the most popular and he's going somewhere in the 11 and one and 14 or 15 in the other. So you need know, to take the aggregate. But yeah, he, you can get him in the late first, early second. Uh, that's about where you're, you're targeting him, but not too much further after that. The number one receiver you want on the Chiefs this year is Juju Smith. Schuster. Hmm, okay. He is going at pick 60. So you're going to look looking at burning a fifth rounder for him. And they like him. They're looking good in camp right now. So, I mean, everybody looks good in camp now, but uh, they are showing some positive uh, footage of him doing really well. They have Marquez Valdez Scantling on the roster. And am I wrong stereotyping him? He's Is he more of a deep guy? Yeah, and I mentioned to you about Gabe Davis being the second most had the second most discrepancy of a best ball in a redraft. This guy has probably the most I've ever seen. In the redraft, he's going at 142. In a best ball, he's going 93. Wow. So you think about how many rounds. I mean, that's a lot of rounds different. So best ball, I don't know if we describe it, we try to every show. You yeah. basically draft your team and you don't set a lineup. You the the compute whatever takes the best players from every position on your team and right. that's who starts that week for you after the games are played. 18 players they have a legit starting lineup just like every fantasy team does three wide receivers two running backs etc and all they do yeah every week is they take the highest guy so you don't have to worry no no waivers no trades and all that he's but, going that high because he's going to have three or four weeks where he has four catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns right and you don't need to start him every week you just need yeah. those three games so, yeah. all right uh miko hardman there did you drafted sky Moore in our slow draft rookie from where we, uh i don't even know i, I think remember. he went to 
Mm, I'm not sure where he went. Now, now you got me. Western think, Michigan. Western Michigan. Okay. He's a Bronco. Um, I drafted him mainly because we are in a different league. We're in a keeper league, and the potential I see him is there. Maybe not as using him a lot this year, but maybe next year. You can redshirt him this year. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How about the running back spot? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, when I drafted him a couple years ago in my my other league, I think I took him in the first round. Late first. Yeah. And now... You and a lot of other people. It wasn't just you who got burned by him. Now he's an afterthought. They also added Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. So what do you do about this uh, running back position? Stay away. (laughs) <laughs> okay. He's he's uh he's going at pick 84 right now. Ronald Jones is somewhere in the neighborhood of uh 120, 124. Okay. So, if you ask me uh who I would rather have at their ADP, I'd actually rather have Ronald Jones late. Yeah. Just because I don't have a whole lot of faith in CH. Uh and I I would just rather focus on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and maybe Juju. So, we got Josh Allen number 1 at QB clear cut. Where is Mahomes this year? This year his ADP on underdog is actually not at 2. He is somewhere in that neighborhood of three and four. Uh, it seems like Justin Herbert uh, is the one who's climbing the the ladder here and taking the number two spot out of uh, out of Patrick Mahomes. But you can't argue taking Patrick Mahomes as long as you don't get him too early. All right, uh, can we move on? Yeah, sure. Out of respect to the Raiders for making the playoffs last year, we'll go Raiders second. All right. Uh, the top Raider is Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. who is a you like him in the top tier of receivers. I do. Uh, in fact, I. Th- this is me personally. I actually like him better than Jamar Chase. I know that's that might be somewhat of a hot take, maybe a warm take. Uh, I just I don't see most people taking uh, Devonta Adams over Chase. I just like him a little bit better, better, based on how safe I feel like he is, particularly in the red zone. If you go back and look at Jamar Chase's total season, not just uh, you know look at the individual games as well. When you look at his total season, he had a couple games where they were really, really bad. They just weren't good. And a couple of games that I remember watching distinctively where if he doesn't get that missed tackle and break it for 70 yards, he's having a pedestrian day. And it just seems like Adams, I feel like, can do the same thing as Jamar Chase, but on a more consistent level. Now, obviously, he's moving teams and he's changing quarterbacks, but I don't feel like Derek Carr is you know, in the bottom half of the league. So for me, I always talk about safety in the first round. I feel like he's a safer pick in 2022 and uh they talked a lot on the broadcast last night about his connection with Carr, his old college you know and then so it sounds like that he is going to get a ton of targets this year chandler how many catches do you think hunter renfro had last year i'm gonna go probably like a let's go 110 wow okay you were going the opposite way i thought he had 103 catches for over a thousand yards yeah i I don't know. I, I guess if I asked the common fan, they probably wouldn't have thought that Hunter Renfro had those kinds of numbers. How about this number, CW? Nine touchdowns for Renfro. Yeah. So where's he being drafted this year? Right now, his ADP is uh, in the low 70s, high 60s. So you're talking about another six-rounder for him. PPR, and, that's a uh, yeah. that's a good value if yeah. you get those numbers. Will you get will Adams help, hurt? What do you think, Hunter Renfro? I don't, I don't think it changes either one of their values. And if you look at... At the amount of production that that Renfro got last year, and you were to say that he's going to probably get somewhere in that same uh, ballpark, and, and same with Devontae Adams, I think they're both going right around the ADPs that they deserve. The one guy for the Las Vegas Raiders that is really scaring me right now, and some of it has to do with even last night, is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs looks like he is going to be in a full committee group. 
And when you're talking about a guy that they did not re-up on his fifth-year option for this particular year, so he's basically on the last year of his deal. You also talking about Kenyon Drake coming in the backfield. And the fact that Josh McDaniels has never really taken a guy who he wants to give the ball 250 times. So it bothers me a little bit that all of these things that are kind of moving, these moving parts, and then you get to last night's Hall of Fame game. What is he doing out there? Why is that guy playing and the you know getting six carry was it six carries for thirty yards? <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I, last I've time. I've never seen a guy who they feel like they're just going to you know run this guy and have you know the bell cow and play in the Hall of Fame game. And I've watched enough Hall of Fame games to know most guys do not play if they're in that position. Yeah. So that all of this tells me I'm I'm staying away from Josh Jacobs. All right, Darren Waller, where uh, are you taking Darren Waller? He's he's in the the late late third early fourth rounder, and I certainly have no problem with this particular pick. I do feel like if he stays healthy, he can easily be the number three or number four or even number five tight end uh, if, in, in that particular case. And I would love to have him as a top five guy. Uh, you're just going to have to make sure you pay a, a fourth or no worse than a fifth rounder for him. So you said earlier this summer that if you don't get Kelsey or Andrews, you're going to wait on tight end for a little while? I, no, I like the top five and maybe even six. What I don't like is that what I call the dead zone for tight ends where you have somewhere in the neighborhood of, of <clears throat> pick seven or tight end number seven through 10 or seven through 11. And if you're going to do that, I just, I will take that bottom group and just get three of them and, and hopefully find, you know, hopefully one of them sticks, throw them all against the wall and hopefully one of them sticks. Dalton Schultz is the one guy that's starting to move up on my board based on everything that's happened with Dallas. I drafted him in our league and I do feel like he has potential. He's being drafted out of the top three, but he's one who was drafted somewhere in the neighborhood, I think uh, tight end number five or six, who can easily make that top three number. And so after him is where I'm kind of taking a little bit of a step back and waiting till the end. All right, let's uh, move on to the Chargers. We good? Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler. Love him. Uh, so you go Cooper Cup one. Let's say you're a personal, if you have the number Jonathan one Jonathan Taylor one. Okay, that's right. Cup two. With the recent information with Stafford and his tendonitis, I think I'm going to drop him down one spot. So, I, and I know that doesn't sound, you know, you're, if you're nitpicking the way we are, I. So where's Eckler fall? I, I'm, I like him at two or three. Wow. Okay. So he um, is like a top tier running back in a fantasy standpoint. Hundred percent, and it's because of the volume and how they use him on the field. Isaiah Spiller does scare me a little bit in taking him that early, but you talk about a guy who only missed one game last year, and he only missed it because of COVID, not because of some soft tissue injury or because you know he got hurt, but you know the preseason or whatever. He came in healthy, he stayed healthy, and you know he was a top five player in the league. So I feel like that's gonna. Why would he? You know, assuming that he doesn't get hurt, why would that not be any different? All right, Keenan Allen is yeah. twenty seven. He's thirty years old. Right around his ADP. He's <laughs> 28. Um, is he still, you, you still yeah. like him as an elite? Third rounder, I'll, I'll take him. Particularly if I if I went running back, running back, or running back tight end in picks one and two, I certainly don't have a problem starting my wide receiver core with Keenan Allen in the third. I would definitely not take him in the second. All right. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, probably one of those best ball discrepancy guys. The third most discrepancy. He is going somewhere in the neighborhood of 33. In the best ball in 46-47 in a standard league. Wow. All right. So uh, a, whole ra- a whole round and a half. Yeah. I'm going to ride that White Williams roller coaster this year. I yeah. drafted him, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about a top five offense, ascending quarterback. Uh, his contract is is legit. So yeah, assuming he doesn't get hurt, you're you're in good shape. 
let's say you're in a redraft league are you drafting spiller only if you draft eckler or is spiller rosterable without I, I don't i haven't seen it he's a rookie i don't know how they're going to utilize the backups going back to my eckler comments it, it doesn't seem like he's been running to the ground it seems like they're going to utilize him as much as they possibly can spiller is a very similar back in, in austin eckler and what they do so i could definitely see him spelling uh, what eckler is on the field having said that uh, we haven't seen it so i don't really know how they're going to utilize him but for me I'm probably not going to draft him unless I do have him, unless it's really late. If I if I feel like I'm using him as a flex, I feel like that's a little bit you know uh, too much. But as far as a backup, I definitely like having him as a backup to Austin Eckler. All right, the big dog on his birthday just drafted Gerald Everett, so he is like on the uh, I don't know what is he top fifteen? Barely, yeah. Okay. I mean, and and Justin Herbert last year he had an, an aged Jared Cook. Oh, let yeah. him go, and you don't really. Is he know, still in the NFL? I, I don't know that he picked up any team. He, he's definitely not uh, serviceable in the in the fans. Is Mercedes Lewis still in the NFL? I'm guessing no. All right, I'm gonna look that up. But we don't know what what Herbert wants to do with the tight end and, and how he's going to utilize a a much younger tight end uh, and a guy that scored four touchdowns last year and played really well when he was healthy for the Rams. I mean, he was the one taking. Tyler Higby spot when healthy. The problem was he couldn't stay on the field for the full 17 games. So if he's healthy and young and Herbert likes to use him, I like Gerald Everett as an upside late tight end. He's another one of those guys that I'm going to pull up and grab if I decide to move out of the tight end top 10 position and not get one early in, into the fantasy uh, drafts. Update for everybody wondering, Mercedes Lewis still on the Packers roster. Had his best year last year since 2017. 23 catches, 214 yards, no touchdowns. And it's going to be a major weapon for Aaron Rodgers this year. I just can't believe he's still playing. He's 38 years old. Wow. He's trying to catch. He's trying to, he's trying to get surpass Tom. Brady. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, is that it for who do we Chargers? Yeah. One guy I would take a look at if you're in a deep league 12, 12 man and you've got a, a relatively deep roster is uh, Josh Palmer. Palmer was a rookie last year for uh, the Chargers, and if either one of those two wide receivers goes down. He is in a prime spot to do really well for this offense. Uh, last year when Mike Williams was hurt, in a five-game stretch, he had 185 yards, 189 yards, I think, and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns in a five-game stint when he needed to come up and step up for them. So if you're drafting either one of those guys, particularly Mike Williams, he's somebody that if you have a roster spot late, I would probably burn on someone like Josh Palmer. And we mentioned it a moment ago, Justin Herbert uh, sitting right now at two in a lot of yeah. QB rankings. Yeah. So. He and Her- he and uh, Patrick Mahomes are kind of jockeying for that number two position. But right now, the ADP looks at Herbert. All right, let's go to the Broncos. Let's stick with quarterback just for a moment. It, would you be comfortable with Russell Wilson in a 10-team league as your quarterback? Sure. Okay. He's top 10, yeah. Uh, I like his weapons, and you probably wait on him and get him eight, nine, or ten. Yeah, he's a, he's in round seventy nine or pick re- seventy nine, eighty. Yeah. Uh, so assuming nobody jumps the gun, which somebody I think did in our draft, uh, Daly was not happy with that because he wanted Russell. But uh, but yeah, pick seventy nine is about right for him. All right, the uh, Broncos still have Melvin Gordon, who is a you know still I know he's older now, but he he plays, he gets your but. Does that scare you from Javante Williams as a number one running back? 110%. I do not think Javante Williams 
is where he needs to be because of Melvin Gordon. I, I would much rather take Melvin Gordon at pick 100, where he's around 102, where he's going, than taking Javante Williams in the second, late second, which right. is really where he's going. Um, and, and again, a lot. Of, you talk about the the target shares and the and the and the number of reps they get. The the number of carries that each of them got last year were exactly the same. It was a 50-50 split. In training camp so far, it's been a 56 to 44 split. So I, I just I cannot put uh, my second round pick on a guy who's really almost doing a 50-50 split like that. I didn't have Williams last year, but I had Gordon, and I uh, kind of forced my hand to play him some weeks, and I, he played all right. Like I remember being kind of surprised that he was still getting those numbers with that young running back there. But they do have a new coach. We'll see how it works, but you're still kind of and, a little nervous about spending that much on Williams. And, and on the flip side of that, I mean, a lot of people were really hoping that Melvin Gordon did not re-sign. If you go back and look at free agency last year, it was about a month into free agency. They didn't know if he was going to re-sign. They re-signed him, and that dropped Javante Williams from being a top eight pick to late into the second round, early into the third. And so that tells you, you know, what they were going to do with Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon wasn't there. I'd like to make it official. Jerry Judy will not be my breakout guy this year. I wanted to make it happen, but I've talked to Bronco fans who have steered me away from that. They're just not believing that he's he's ready to do that. Cortland Sutton, on the other hand, could be. And we'll see what happens with Judy. But how about those two Broncos receivers? Uh, who has the upper hand there? Cortland Sutton, for sure. And if you look at his body of work and, and the type of receiver that Cortland Sutton is, and, and you just think of DK Metcalf, where he's taking the ball and, and you know taking it above the corners. I will say this about Judy. I picked Judy last year thinking the same thing. It didn't happen. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook right now has the most difference in number of yards that they've had to change based on the bets since Tim Patrick went down oh, with Jerry yeah. Judy. Uh, almost 250 yards they've had to put over the props because of how many people have bet the over where they originally had him before Tim Patrick went down. Interesting. So, uh, that Again, that doesn't mean Jerry, uh, Judy is going to eclipse what Cortland Sutton is going to do. I still think Sutton is going to be the one for sure. Yeah. But when you look at the numbers that Judy right now is projecting, it's going up and up and up. All right. I can't say their tight end's name, so I'm not going to bring Albert him up. Alberto. That's all I need to say. Alberto. Any other uh, Broncos? Uh, no. The only other one that we had on the list was certainly Tim Patrick. I was really looking forward to, to drafting him later over the other two receivers. He was the guy who led the team in touchdowns and targets, and he's out for his ACLs. So yeah, can't that draft Yep. All right, uh, C.W. Sloan joining us. We'll take a timeout, come back. More fantasy chat here in Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. We've got three guests in Hour 3. Morgan Aylers, Mark Greenheld, Brian North will join us on the program. A lot more to go, and we're giving away an 18-pack of 12-ounce Bud Light bottles. It can be yours. Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, the Pirate Radio football kickoff party presented by Bud Light on Thursday, September 1st is approaching fast and tickets are on sale right now for only 10 bucks. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to these four local charities. Sportsworks Ministry, 
uh, Riley's Army, Daughters for Dads, Heather Ann Pertee Scholarship Fund at the ECU School of Nursing. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party will feature entertainment by America's favorite 1980s tribute band, The Breakfast Club. Plus, the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be on site so you can take pictures with the horses. The place to be, uh, the place to be rather, to kick off football season is at the State Theater in downtown Greenville for the best party of the year. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out, and we'll see you on Thursday, September 1st. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. CW, a big breakfast club guy. Big 80s, huge. Yeah. So uh, looking forward Everything to is. the... Pirate Radio football kickoff party September 1st. Get your tickets at PR927FM.com. Just $10, and they're going fast. So go ahead and secure yours now so you can party with us coming up the Thursday before East Carolina and NC State kickoff at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, Sam on Facebook says, Dang, CW looking hella cute in studio today. What a stud. <laughs> Sam Taylor, that is. Oh, God. Sam. <laughs> Sam, I am. Oh, you. Uh, you said Breakfast Club it brought back some memories because I will say my third child, my third daughter, she's here because of the Breakfast Club. I'm just going to say that they they were at a <laughs> they were the band that you we have went gone to. unhinged on they, the show today. Well, look, they were the band that we went. Do you to know how procreation works? Yeah, well, uh-huh. I love it. But they were the band that we went to on New Year's Eve. Uh, cool, had a great night. That's a great story. You are y'all gonna relive? I probably should have named her Molly. Are you going to the oh, for to Molly the Ringwald? Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say you were on Molly. I know you're a big drug no, guy. Does anyone <laughs> really care? <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was actually into this story. Um, maybe you can recreate that September first. Uh, I'm. We're finished. <laughs> you're retired. Yeah, we're way retired. Yeah. All right, let's get to your. Uh, you got some questions. So Chandler, CJ, you can get in on this too. Uh, you're gonna. Give take us a couple pick, options. Yeah. We'll take your pick, actually. All right. Surely going to get it for us? Go on I, or no? I, I, I don't, don't think so. Okay, okay. Just, just go with we it. We can sing it. Okay. All right. First <laughs> All right, one. let's go. Take your pick. There we go. I, I got to have that. All right. This one's kind of a, a softball throw up, but I think we talked about this already. De, uh, Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs? Oh, okay. I was thinking about this for the league we're in. This happens in. a lot. A lot of people have this. Late first. Because I thought, because Sam, the ma'am Taylor, who's tuned in right now, um, I thought he was going to take Joe Mixon, and I would have my choice between Adams and Diggs, mm-hmm. and I was going, I was ready and prepared to take Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Devontae Adams. Uh, new quarterback, new atmosphere, but there's a good connection there between the two former college teammates. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, I, I don't know, maybe can take away some of the spotlight. Steph- Stephon, Stephon Diggs is going to be Stephon Diggs, but give me Devontae Adams. Right, and, and you look at Buffalo's offense, what's the one thing they want to do more than anything else? It's not throwing the ball 50 times. Josh Allen did not uh, earn his keep by doing that. It's running the, the football. So uh, that does take away a little bit of targets when you when you talk about Stephon Diggs. CJ Both, was going to give his answer. I am. Go ahead, CJ. Devontae Adams. All, All right. right, yeah, fair enough. All the way through. All right, next one. Would you rather have Keenan Allen or Jayla Waddle? They're being picked somewhere within six picks of each other. Chandler, Ke- you're first. Keenan Allen. Okay. Same for me, Keenan. Because I kept him and uh, I'm a Dolphins believer, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. Who had more catches last year? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we could see that uh, happen again. We could also see, uh, you know, Tyree Kill cut into Jalen Waddle's uh, numbers, but uh, I'm going Keenan Allen there as well. All right, third one. This one's tough. I, I really have to, I thought about this one. Uh, this is a fifth round pick. Would you rather have Juju Smith Schuster or Judy? The Juju or Jim? Mm, CJ. Juju. 
Judy. Hmm. Why? I'm just curious if there's a because again a, I was he was it's kind of a personal belief and I like Russell I, I don't I don't I think Kelsey gets a ton of targets there I I, I just don't see I think uh, Mahomes spreads it around more right and I think Judy gets a little bit more attention if Tim Patrick hadn't got hurt maybe go Juju maybe yeah, yeah. okay yeah well I was going to go. Uh, I was going to go Juju, but I think he has a good point there. Tim Patrick out, and uh, I think, like you, like you said, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be spreading it around. Uh, I think the primary target for Russell Wilson in his new atmosphere is going to be Judy. So well, how many Judy. games last year did like Pringle, like all these random Chiefs receivers well, get in will pop mix. up with big games? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you about how Mahomes probably shares the ball more than any other receiver or quarterback. Having said that, you were talking about – Pringle and Tyreek Hill no longer being on this team. And those numbers have to go somewhere. And they will, to and the so, next Pringle. So I think there's going to be a number one. They, hi, they got ruffles this right. year. <laughs> Where's yeah. Lays? You like that? Yes. You didn't think you were, but you did. Uh, there's got to be a wide receiver, though, that elevates themselves over everybody else on this team. Kelsey's going to be the number one target, but if you're talking about the number one wide receiver target, I think I still would rather have him I hear you. than a Denver number two. All right. So I'm going with uh, Juju Smith. A Denver two. I hooked up with a Denver two last week, and I tell you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, the next one. Going back to Denver. Ugh. Would you rather have Mike Williams? Yes. Or Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton. Okay. Yeah. Cortland Pretty Sutton. quick. Same. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm going with Sutton too, but it's a lot closer than how quickly all of you decided <laughs> to say that. I think maybe the consistency might be better. Having said that, Sutton only had a couple of touchdowns each of the last couple of years. I don't know, uh, other than his injury years. Do-do so quarterbacks. Yeah, it's tough. All right, the next one. Would you rather have Elijah Moore, the number one for the Jets, or would you rather have the number two for Las Vegas, Hunter Renfro? Uh, Elijah I'm going Moore Elijah Moore. really good right now in camp. Elijah, Elijah Moore. Yeah. I'll go Renfro. I'll go Renfro too, but you made me think on that. PPR. That's good. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I do think Renfro's numbers have got to go down a little bit, but how much Elijah Morris goes up, I don't know if you know they're gonna are they gonna meet right there in the middle. Their their ADPs are very similar, so yeah, it's a tough one to call there too. I think I would go Renfro. I'm not scared that Adams is gonna hurt Renfro's numbers. I think if anything, it could help him get even more open and more opportunities. Yeah, I agree. All right, the last one I have for you. Would you rather have Daryl Singletary? No. Or Damian Harris? No. Um, These are backs in very similar situations in the AFC East. So the Bills drafted a rookie running James back. Cook. And what, they, what are the Patriots? He, he is going, they do have Ramon J. Oh, Stevenson so they drafted last, one year. last year. But you are talking about both players that are behind the starters who are definitely going to be on the field during third down. And they're both offenses that obviously are are ascending. Um, I like, I'm gonna go Harris. I I had again. I guess I was in this league where I just went zero running back because I had Gordon and Harris. I had these guys last year, and uh, performed pretty well for me. So okay. I'll go Harris. I'd go Singletary, but I don't really feel that strong about it. You're going uh, based on the offense. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't just. I Who's, just don't feel who strong gets either goal way. line touches? Like Harris gets some for the Patriots. It's not Cook for sure. 
Harris will get them. But Stevenson, now yeah. Stevenson got him a couple of times when Harris got hurt. But you had, you know, and we'll talk about this next week when we're we're evaluating the the winning teams last year. Damian Harris was such a popular player because he popped off so many double touchdown games. I think even one game he had three. Uh, and so he's he's got that potential to go right into the red zone, as you said. So Cook is out. a smaller guy? And Cook is strictly going to be uh, very similar to Dalvin Cook, not quite as big, but he's going to be the pass catcher for that team. But, so Singletary might get the goal line. And carries. Zach Moss is an afterthought. I'm probably assuming he's either going to be cut or traded. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Cook is looking really, uh, really good right now and, and definitely draftable. I think I'm going Singletary just for the fact that I feel like that offense is going to be inside the 20 so many more times than New England, although New England is uh, looking pretty decent as well. But I do like Singletary. I think they found something in Singletary at the end of last year. And when they found him, he was popping off 100-yard games as well. So I think I like Singletary by a nose. Chandler? Uh, I'm going to go Harris. I was, I was already a fan of Harris, but uh, you talked pretty good about him earlier uh, yeah. when we went over the New, New England Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go Damian Harris. Okay. They're both, All right. both close in ADP for sure. CW, I love this. Yeah. Maybe there's one or two other people out there that do, but I really enjoy it. We hit every division yep. the month of July. We did it. And we now have to get to the bare bones of how we're taking these teams and what our teams are going to look like uh, construction-wise, not just each individual team. Um, I wanted to share a, a quick little statistic. I, I Very quick. Into, okay. So I loved listening to Vegas numbers. Vegas numbers actually help me make decisions on certain players. But Vegas right now has a, a prop that they had to change because 100% of all bets were going on one side. They have not gotten one bet on the other on the flip side, which is the over. They're going 100% on the under. They had to continue to drop it and drop it and drop it. So they're desperately hoping that this does not hit. And if I were in Vegas right now, I'd be hitting it under as well. Miles Sanders' total touchdowns. What do you think the over-under is where 100% of the of the the betting world right now they haven't taken one single this is caesar sportsbook have not taken one over on this number um seven and a half five and a half good god a hundred percent of the the betting world right now is taking the under so they had to drop that uh that number to i think a minus 175 it was even money and because of the uh the number of bets and a lot of times when you hear the drop it's because you're getting the numbers that you know that are fluctuating and moving around. But for me, I've never heard a bet, especially you know in Caesar Sportsbook, where literally a hundred percent of the uh, of the bets are on one side. Yeah, that's so crazy. that ought to tell you about where Miles Sanders is right now into the realm of the fantasy world. Stay away. All right, uh, CW. We'll talk to you next week. Had fun. Thank you. I y'all. enjoyed it. Let's take a timeout. Come back. Morgan Aylers joins us to talk pirate football when we return. Hour three pirate radio live right after these words. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip Brock. 
Party back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a football Friday, a free beer Friday. We're giving away an 18-pack of 12-ounce Bud Light bottles coming your way later on this hour. In fact, we'll do it at the end of this segment. So get that dialing finger ready. Get your weekend started off right with some Bud Light and the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up on Saturday, September the 3rd at 8 a.m., and we are fired up for it here at Pirate Radio. Also, the Pirate Radio football kickoff party coming up Thursday, September 1st. So count down the days to those events. It is getting closer, and we're, we're getting closer to hearing Morgan Ayler's voice on, I believe, what's going to be a new sound system at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Is that right, Morgan? Welcome in. How you doing, man? Hey, bud. What's going on? Uh, yeah, that's what I understand. It's supposed to be a, uh, a new sound system, new... Uh, video board they're putting that up now the cranes are up go by there today and it's gonna be a fun environment come up september 3rd that's for sure all right what's your uh inside intel morgan on how ecu practice has gone this week uh from what i understand it's uh going real well uh i haven't really talked to holton very much i talked to him a little bit uh, last couple nights and uh i called him i think uh wednesday night to see how the first day was it was about nine thirty answered the phone. I said, what you doing? He said, I'm studying. I'm like, studying? He said, yeah, watching film and uh, going over the practice and learn, making sure we're all good on the playbook. I went, well, that's good. Huh? Stay up too late. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of my baby boy actually studying in college. It makes me happy. <laughs> Can you tell how comfortable he is going into this fall camp compared to the uh, ones in the past, Morgan? Well, he's put up there, you know, this is his fifth year playing. Uh, fourth year with uh, Coach Kirkpatrick in the playbook. And over the the last couple of years, they've really been able to open it up a little bit more and more, and especially the second half of last season. And I think this year, uh, I think everybody's on the same page. I think he's he's very comfortable from a, from a playbook standpoint. It's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page. Uh, some of these new receivers, I know they put a whole lot of work in this summer. And um, very optimistic with the the guys they've got in, and I think it could be a special year. I really do. We've talked this week, and I got to know Isaiah Winstead on Monday, Morgan, uh, on the Delcor Players Lounge, and talked about his quick connection he made with Holton Aylers, and Isaiah talked about how much Holton recruited him here uh, to East Carolina. So they haven't got on the field officially in a game yet, but I know you know they've worked this offseason. They're obviously working this fall camp. Mike Houston said last Friday he thinks Winstead can be an all-conference wide receiver. So high hopes for him coming in. And I know uh, Holton and uh, Isaiah have done a lot to, to get to know each other quickly, right? Yeah, they have. And I think they've uh, been really working hard. I know that uh, the, uh, the the other two transfers from uh, Duke and Georgia have been in and uh, doing a great job. Uh, you know, it's you know this could be when you look at it on paper. Anyway, this you, across the board from the wide outs to the inside receivers, the slot, the tight ends, you're averaging six two, six three, probably at wide receiver. Maybe the biggest group of receivers we've had in a long, long time that can run and stretch the field. And that's something we haven't had. That doesn't include the the, you know, Maceo's and Josiah Hatfields, that kind of thing, uh, that, are, that are already here. You know, this is going to be a, a, a bunch of Frisbee catching dogs, as they used to say back in the day, that uh, go out there and get it. And then, you know, who are you going to double team? And then you look at uh, your running backs. You've got Raji and Keaton and, uh, you know, some of the other guys that are behind them even. It's, it's 
offensively, there's some weapons on this team, and I think defensively, they're going to surprise a lot of people as well. They really came on late the season defensively for the Pirates, and um, I think the front seven could be as good as anybody in the conference. Morgan Ayler's joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Pirate football quickly approaching the Hall of Fame game last night, Morgan. So we got preseason football with all the action uh, really getting underway next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But you've got uh, the Hall of Fame game last night. And one thing I noticed, and and these are great players that I watch play, but I don't want this to sound like a slight, a weaker Hall of Fame class than normal. I mean, Tony Baselli. Uh, you've got Bryant Young, Dick Vermeil, Richard Seymour, uh, Mr. Keith Pound, and Sam Mills, of course, Leroy Butler. Cliff Branch. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, great players, but no, like, blockbusters. I don't know. I mean, when you see this class, Morgan, uh, what do you think of? Well, I think it's uh, a class that maybe doesn't have the blockbuster players of, say, a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or something, that, you know, the one of the elite of the elite. But the, all those guys that are being inducted this year had really good careers, long careers. You know, uh, Sam Mills was just a great linebacker. He actually played with uh, one of my former high school uh, classmates and uh, Vaughn Johnson when they were at uh, New Orleans. And uh, Vaughn talked just glowingly about how Sam was, you know, such a good player and a leader and a role model. He, I think he lost his life to cancer several years back, but. Glad to see him get in the in the Hall of Fame, much much deserved. And uh, you know these other guys, like I said, it might not have the marquee names, but all of them. You look at on paper what these guys did in the league, and they all deserve to be there. No doubt, and uh, it's always a, a great event. And watched a little bit of the game last night, but it was really cool to hear interviews with those guys throughout the game. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, uh, high school football approaching as well. How about just two weeks away from getting under the Friday night lights? And uh, a lot of folks around here excited about that. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll start the high school huddle next week. We'll do a preview show next week. And then the following week will be week number one. It's hard to believe that's already here. And uh, excited to work with the coaches and the media again this year. Our Friday night show starting about 6 o'clock on Friday nights before our D.H. Conley game of the week. And Really, uh, this year could be a fun year for area high school football teams. There's, there's a little bit more talent across the board than maybe there has been in the last few years. There's been you know, teams that are sort of hit and miss, depending on what you're going to get each week in and week out. And uh, I think Conley's going to be a, a pretty good football team. Rose is going to be there. You know, The conference uh, realignment uh, really, I think, will show itself in full force this year with some of the players that you'll be seeing on Friday nights and Washington, you know, you know, they're going to have a really solid team this year. So looking forward to working with them and bringing you uh, high school football again uh, on Friday night. Always a great show, Morgan. Looking forward to that returning next week and hearing all the uh, – you got the local media guys and also the coaches and really a great preview for every uh, Friday night uh, night of action in high school football. Morgan, thanks for joining us today, man. We will keep in touch. We'll talk to you next Friday and hear the debut of the high school huddle coming up next Friday. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, Cliff. Thanks so much. And uh, always, you do such a great job despite Chandler. Wow. Well, well. <laughs> congrats uh, for that compliment clip i'm glad you're here chandler because if you weren't he would have slided me so i'm glad you're here to take the well, that's what i'm here for okay i'm here to take the bullets never slide you <laughs> never slide you clip never ever ever thank you morgan a question for you oh go ahead for you clip where did the washington redskins now the commanders play before they were in washington 
Uh, Boston, right? You're the man. All right. You're the man, Clipper. I'm the man. Oh, did you know that? Uh, yeah. In fact, I saw a joke about it. So Washington honored this like 98-year-old woman at training camp this week. And uh, she was out there taking pictures with the players and stuff. And somebody commented, you know, because the Redskins' name just changed from the football team to the commanders and said, man, this lady, I remember her being really pissed when they moved, uh, when they were the Boston Braves and moved to Washington. So I knew it beforehand, but yeah, I saw that joke this week. All right. Well, you guys have a great weekend and we'll talk with you next week. Later, bud. All right, Morgan. The Boston Braves. The The Boston Braves? I'm a big Braves guy. Yeah. I think that was the team. Now. Really? That that is news to me. I did not know that. I believe that's correct. All right, Shirley Rhodes, open up the booty bag, please, ma'am. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. We verbally assault her each week on Thursday and Friday. I tell her to, I tell her to back that fat truck up, and then we tell her to open up her booty bag. All right, first of all, I said, Shirley, open up the booty bag, please. Oh, you said please. And And I said the. I didn't say your. That is completely different. You assault her. I do not. That is not a we situation. That is a me, you situation. Well, I guess that's true. On that note, Shirley, what call are we looking for today? Uh, number 12. Caller 12, 317-1250. If you're 21 or older and haven't won this month, you can take home an 18-pack of 12-ounce Bud Light bottles. It can be yours if you're Caller 12. We're back with more after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is a family-run dealership that creates a family-like atmosphere for their customers. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has one of the biggest used car inventories in Eastern North Carolina, and you can shop online today at EastCarolinaChryslerDodge.com. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. Go Pirates! And congratulations to Matt Hager of Greenville, who was our big winner of our Free Beer Friday. Now back to you, Clip. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a football Friday. Let's talk uh, a little golf mixed in with the football. Mark Greenhelge Golf Shop Radio Show joins us here on PRL. You can check out the Golf Shop Radio Show coming up Saturday right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, how you doing on this Friday? I'm doing great, Clip. How about you? Doing good. A lot better than uh, our guy Harold Varner III, who will not be playing into the weekend in his uh, in-state course as a rough day today, as uh, I've seen on social media, uh, maybe his uh, one of his worst putting days. And that's a topic that comes up quite a bit when we talk about our guy HV3 with Mark Greenhelge on Friday. So a uh, bit of a disappointment here. Had some uh, some high hopes that maybe he could put in a good showing this weekend in Greensboro, but uh, not the case for the Pirate. Yeah, unfortunately, poor driving yesterday, so hitting uh, only 35% of the fairways yesterday with a mediocre putting round. 
shot 70 and then turned around today. And like you said, I mean, he actually hit it really well, hit 78% of the fairways, 88% of the greens, drove it 343 yards, huh. but lost almost three shots to the field putting. And when you lose three shots and you're at even par and the cut's going to be probably two under par. Yeah. There's three under par for you, Clips, so there's the problem. We had some fun yesterday looking at the top of the leaderboard, and I feel like this comes up quite a bit, Greeny, when a guy's leading on Friday, and I'm not uh, the biggest golf fan in the world, so some of these names I do not know. And I did not know the name of John... Huh? Uh, huh? Where we were calling a huh? Uh, tell us about John. Well, first of all, how does he pronounce his last name, Greeny? We'll start there. It's it's John Huh. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of those one of those weird names. I don't even know. Like, does that fit into sports? It's almost like he should be a game show host, right? Asking you questions. Hey, this is John Huh. <laughs> Welcome to Huh with John Huh. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you know about John Huh, Greeny? He's a guy that's been around for a little while. Um, uh, one of those guys that uh, has won once in his professional career. Uh, that was back at the 2012 Mayakoba Golf Classic. So he does have a win, but he's been kind of a journeyman. And, and he's been as high as um, 66th in the world back in 2012. So he had some success back in those uh, the 2012-2013. And then it's been a struggle. I mean, he's been as almost outside the top uh, 800 back about three years ago. So he's kind of trying to work his way back. He he's played some Corn Ferry Tour events last year. He played some PGA Tour events. He's kind of struggled a little bit, and you know he hasn't made a whole lot of uh, of noise. So he's one of those guys that will kind of maybe pop up on the leaderboard once in a while. But when you get to the meat and potatoes of the tournaments on Sunday, he's probably not around, unfortunately. Greeny, uh, th- this is not a, a huge event, so, I mean, you're not going to get the best field of, of talent of players, but I don't know. Is there any concern overall if you're a, a PGA Tour fan that likes to watch it each and every weekend? That you're uh, you're, you're going to obviously build new stars. There's going to be new guys that come in and become household names and win tournaments and become fan favorites, but any concern that they're they're losing too much star power at the rate they're losing it right now? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think it doesn't matter. Like, if you took the 20 or whatever guys that have uh, that have defected from the PJ Tour over to live, um, you might one, maybe two. I, I don't – probably not uh, of those guys playing this week. So these couple of last events really aren't big, strong fields anyway because most of your star power is in the playoffs, and they all know – that they've just kind of come off a busy major season. They probably, you know, either played in the Scottish Open and then played the Open Championship, and they played the U.S. Open just before that, maybe threw another event in there. And they all know that they've got three playoff events coming up in back-to-back weeks. So traditionally, these last couple of events of the season are really for the second half of the field, guys to position themselves for the playoffs and other guys that aren't in the playoffs to try and work their way in. So not a big factor at this point. Greeny, uh, as you look at what's coming up, you've got uh, St. Jude Championship in Memphis, BMW in Wilmington, Delaware, and then the Tour Championship in Atlanta. So uh, at Eastlake Golf Club, when you this thing is weighted right, so if you are higher in the 
the point standings, you get, um, you know, you are rewarded for that. So as far as odds go, I know you guys will, will be picking it and everything. Who are the, I don't know, maybe dark horses to, to win this thing? If somebody can catch up and, uh, and take down a, a Scheffler or somebody near the top. Yeah, I mean, you got to think that, especially the way that the tour championships worked in the last few years, is that when you get into that final 30 that make it into the tour championship, we have the the uh, staggered start, if you will. So whoever is number one in the point, you know, starts at 10 under par, and it works its way all the way back down to even with those uh, 30 guys. Hmm. Obviously, as you get into that final event, you know, if you're 30, you got some. You're already 10 shots behind, right? Starting the tournament, so you got to kind of position yourself in those first two events to, to make sure that you're at least probably you got to say maybe in the top five. Um, other than that, once you get outside that top five, you got to really, you know, throw a few, you know, big rounds out there to, uh, to make some moves. So, you know, again, I think you're, you're looking at your Scotty Sheffler, your Cam Smith, Sam Burns, Andrew Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay are your top five right now. I, I think I'd probably throw Rory McIlroy as the sixth player into that mix a little bit. So if you're if you're a Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Cam Young, Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris, Matt Poma uh, kind of people, you, you need to have a, a, a probably a win in one of these first two events to get you up a little bit closer to the top of that leaderboard. I mean, going into this thing, um, you know, Scotty Scheffler has a pretty decent lead, so you got to kind of make it happen. Greeny, I'm sure you've had this topic uh, probably on your show and uh, over a beer a million times, but in, in your perfect world, what would a golf postseason look like or a tournament look like? Should there even be one? Should it just, you know, go to who played the best throughout the year? Should there be a, a bracket format? Like in, in your perfect world, what would it look like at the end of the uh, the golf season? You know, I'm, I've been okay with everything, and I actually think that next year when they pare it down and it's just the top 70 make the playoffs, I think when you talk at talk 125, that's a little much. So we're going to change it up, and we're basically going to uh, pare it down a little bit quicker the next time around. I think we're going to go from like 70 to 50 to, to the 30. Um, it makes a little more sense because you're basically saying that, hey, every single player – in the that makes the playoffs in the top 70 is going to play every round, right? So, you know, when you have 125, you got to have a cut in that first event. So you got a guy that maybe has a bad round coming out of the gate, misses the cut by one, and he's done, right? Now if you got 70 guys, they all play four rounds, maybe you have that bad round in the first uh, in the first playoff event, then you light it up for the next three, and you survive and make it on to the next round. So I, I kind of like this, the 70 format. The only thing I don't like is this final with the staggered start. I would just assume see some kind of, out of these two events leading up to the final, I'd like to see some kind of seeding your average finish between the first two events and the top uh, 32 guys end up in match play. And then it becomes a single elimination match play bracket. And winner takes all. I mean, that way you're not – it's not score. It's two guys going out there on a Sunday afternoon at, in Atlanta and battling for the title. And you can have some other matches, too, for positioning. I mean, you can have a 3-4 match. You can have a 5-6 match. You know, 7-8, 9-10. So 
so that you have more than two guys out in the golf course because these guys are playing for some pretty decent money in that final round. Yeah, I like the uh, the match play idea. I think that'd be great for for TV for drama, and uh, I'm on board with that one. Mark Green, Elge Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Hall of Fame game was last night, Greeny. We are uh, just over a week away from Panthers Commanders up in Landover, Maryland, uh, next Saturday. So you'll be uh, having some football to talk about, uh, actual games to talk about very soon, and uh, exciting stuff, right, as we uh, start to get closer and closer to football. Well, is it really exciting, though? <laughs> I, I saw – I didn't even watch any of that game last night, but because I saw the roster of guys that weren't playing for the Jaguars. Yeah. And it was almost their entire starting lineup, right? So you're like, okay. You know, you look at preseason, especially probably the first couple of games at this point with only three now. You look at the first couple. Those are your depth guys, right? So now you want to see how your depth is going to stack up against the other team's depth. Obviously – the Raiders' depth is much better. Uh, they were up, what, 20 to nothing in that game. Uh, their depth is obviously pretty good compared to the Jaguars. So that's what you kind of look at. And I think that's when traditionally you've seen the Panthers over the last couple of years have some good starts and some really bad finishes to their season. It's because, to me, their depth. They start getting some injuries, and they don't have the depth to back it up. You need to build that depth. So when you look at these preseason games, yeah, there's guys that are trying to make the team. But I think I look at it more of as how are my depth guys doing in those in that first half of these football games against the other team's depth? If my guys are winning, I feel pretty good about it. I don't care what the end result is in the fourth quarter because uh, those are probably guys that are either not going to make the team or going to be uh, you know the third or fourth string guy somewhere in the lineup. Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. You can check it out 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio on Saturday. Greeny, what do you have planned for Saturday's show? Well, we're going to obviously talk to our man, Bill Bender of the Sporting News. We're going to check in with the great uh, voice of the NFL and uh, college football and PGA Tour radio, Bill Rosinski, up at the Wyndham Championship. We're going to go back over to Memphis and talk to Bert Bain, who's running the FedEx St. Jude, the first uh, uh, playoff event. Then we'll check in with uh, David Lake, the uh, president and CEO of One Iron Golf, so single-length golf clubs. We'll talk all that uh, on Saturday's show. Awesome stuff. Greeny, thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend, man, and we will talk to you uh, next Friday right here on Pi Radio Live. All right, thanks a lot, Clip. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. And as we talked about at the beginning of that interview, Harold Varner III missing the cut at the Wyndham today. So disappointing stuff there. Uh, but hopefully he can rebound and uh, make a run in the playoffs. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back and talk to Brian North, bringing the closer here on our Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. 
They're open every day and has two. they have two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling, up, uh, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Matt Hager taking home the 18-pack of 12-ounce bottles of Bud Light earlier today as part of our Free Beer Friday giveaway. Looking forward to the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Looking forward to the Pirate Radio football kickoff party. Bud Light, a sponsor of that as well. Breakfast Club will be jamming. Coming up September 1st, get your tickets right now, PR927FM.com. And uh, you can get your tickets for just ten bucks. So we're gonna have a good time. Coming this, up. this guy yesterday said seventy five. I would pay seventy five dollars for a ticket. But oh, me too. But I mean, but you don't have to because they're only ten dollars. Only ten bucks. Uh, guest alert coming up Monday on the show. There'll be no flags in this studio. No flags. Kevin Monroe. Ball out. Uh, I haven't talked to Kevin this summer or this uh upcoming football season uh you know to to preview the pirates so we'll do that for the first time coming up monday afternoon the greatest of all time when it comes to costumes at halloween (laughs) that's right we learned that (laughs) last year and uh yeah he sent his uh some pictures (laughs) and nobody does halloween like kevin monroe so serious that's a good point all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line and talk to brian north here on this friday he joins us today here on prl north how you doing today sir good i feel like rob dibble remember you crazy rob dibble uh back in the day i'm all hyped up to be your closer today it's been a fun week of football and challenges and um it's been interesting but i've learned a lot and i've enjoyed it and i feel like i'm a better man you don't uh you, you don't fight your bosses like dibble did lou Pinella back <laughs> in the day do you <laughs> well well <laughs> not to that degree hopefully i don't yeah, right. not yet. Correct. Not yet. Let's hope not. So. <laughs> Brian, uh, what you been up to? You had uh, you always find interesting things to do and and find stories. So uh, tell us what what you've been up to today. Uh, today was an interesting one. I went to uh, Pamlico County. He's got a new football coach, Bobby Griffin. He's a former West Craven and and Elon football player. He's been an assistant at West Craven for years, but he took the Pamlico County job, and as all young, new coaches want to do, they always want to have that really cool impact. And so he loaded up his players onto a bus. There's not that many of them in Pamlico County. And they drove to Camp Vandermeer, and they had a um, Remember the Titans-style uh, camp that they're doing this weekend. Oh, wow. It's, it's not quite, you know, when I was thinking of it at first, I was thinking, you know, when they went to Remember the Titans, they went to Gettysburg, and it was Spartan, and they were practicing at night, but when I showed up, the kids were in the kayak in the river and having fun. And, <laughs> how, I don't know how remember the Titans this is going to be, but it, it's just one of those cool bonding things that you do when you're a new head coach and you try all these tricks. And, and look, I've never been to Camp Vandermeer before. I'm learning all about uh, all about the town of Vandermeer, which used to be the county, Hamilton County, and has a lot of history, although only 250 people live there. But it was cool. It was. Uh, I always love learning the history of Eastern North Carolina and. Uh, found out a little bit more about a little a little small piece of it today good stuff got to keep it fresh got to find something new something different to keep your your kids uh you know engaged that's a bigger challenge today than it was 60 years ago brian to keep kids engaged and and uh and off their phones and all that stuff everybody you know when we used to show up 
at games, we were the big camera. That's where everybody would see themselves later yeah. on TV. Now everybody carries their own camera. Yeah. And barely anybody gets excited or bats an eye when you walk in with a TV camera anymore. Some still do. I mean, it, but it's nothing like it used to be. Certainly the culture has changed. Hey, Brian, you're still big with the parents and the moms, uh, just not the uh, the players anymore. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure who I'm big with. As long as the paycheck cashes every two weeks, I'm happy. But it's, it's fun. The camera gets you at least conversations with people. You get to know people. But it's not the it's not the um, reveling moment of when you walk in, everybody looks and goes, oh, my God, look, a camera's here. They don't nah, – no one bats an eye anymore. But it's still kind of a, a neat thing, and they will still watch it. They know they're going to be on TV. They'll make a point of it. And that's what we're trying to do. We're all fighting for your personal time at this point, right? I mean, it yeah. always used to be TV was what you would go to watch. Now with cell phones and YouTube and the Internet and all those things, we're all battling for a little piece of your time now. Brian North joining us as we get closer to football Hall of Fame game last night, East Carolina. Uh, practice underway uh, as all, as well as the other college football programs in the country, Brian. And Mike Houston saying what every coach is saying right now across the country. He's optimistic. He likes his team. Yep. I will say uh, Mike Houston's pretty honest with us, not completely honest because no coach is, but he was uh, very pleased after day one. Made a note to talk about his veterans showing up. I, I guess his expectation was, look, you've been here three, four, five years now talking of Holton, talking of Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, the guys that have been around so long. And and even his, you know, Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris are third-year guys, but they've played so much. They're pretty much veterans at this point. And he was very pleased at how they came in and kind of led practice. And uh, so, so a lot of positivity, I'll say, coming out of the East Carolina camp here week one. Well, you know, I was at the first practice for as long as we were allowed to be there. And I always kind of look at things. I look at tempo. I look at um, body language. I look at those things, and I'm telling you, man, world of difference. Mm. The first day when everybody is always excited and has that energy, the crispness with which I saw things uh, being executed from the moment I got there, they were first of all they were on the practice field early. They said they were going to start at 9:40. They were all there. I showed up at 9:25, and there was a full practice going on. So they already were chomping at the bit. But the crispness of just the, the stretching and running drills just looked different more complicated. I'm like, okay, this is the evolution here of Mike Houston. We've seen in every stop that he has made, this being his longest stop and being his biggest rebuild. But you can see the roster is rebuilt. You can see the weight room efforts. Uh, Guys look a little bit different, a little bit better, a little bit crisper. The talent you see out there, deeper. So it just has that look, and it all starts from Mike Houston. And and, uh, I I was impressed. And again, it's early, and the schedule is tough. But I liked what I saw um, from the best guys, that, you know, the top running backs he talked about. The offensive line looks so much better to me. And um, the defensive guys that were flying around. And that's one of the Mike Houston signatures when he was at JMU especially, that ball-hawking, turnover-forcing defense. And so that's the thing I think we're going to make the biggest improvement this year that I'm really looking, looking forward to. Brian North joining us. We've talked about the week one opponent quite a bit uh, here this summer, Brian, NC State. You and I love to talk about Wake Forest uh, every Friday during the football season. Duke's not going to be good this year. How about North Carolina? I feel like this is a good thing for 
for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels that nobody's really talking about him now. Everybody was going into last year, and we could kind of predict how that was going to go. Uh, you know, overrated and uh, lost uh, week one to Virginia Tech, I believe, and, and never really recovered from that. So what is it, what are the expectations uh, in Chapel Hill this year? It kind of flying under the radar, at least right now. Right, and it all is based on Sam Howell. I think everybody's expectations were based on whoever everyone thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft, and no one was looking at the depleted offensive line. Very few people were looking at the depletion of running backs that really made Sam Howell a much better play-action quarterback. And so, okay, Sam Howell's out. you got a two-quarterback deal there now, and so not having a notable starting quarterback is why those expectations are tempered. But the offensive line's going to be better again this year. I think the defense is going to be better. Better. He's been stacking talent at Chapel Hill, right? I mean, he's shed guys like Camaro Edmonds, who's now at ECU, yeah. who was a very talented and highly recruited guy, but because they had so much good talent in that running back room, okay, they were very they were they were fine with having Camaro leave. Like they, they didn't make a big effort to stop him because they've got so much talent stacked there. Now, as Mac Browners want to do, he gets the talent stacked, and now it's a matter of getting it to execute on the field. I think he's got a better coaching staff set up for himself this year. So I think Carolina's going to – I like. I think they like this position better, uh, not going in with the expectations, and then all of a sudden, about four games in, we're going to be going, oh, hey, you know, North Carolina's pretty good. So I expect them to have a rebound year. Brian North joining us. North, uh, saw this earlier this week. Didn't mention it until earlier today briefly on the show, but I don't know. You, you follow local sports, North Carolina sports. Any uh, thoughts on Campbell uh, joining the CAA and uh, and what that it will mean for the uh, the Camels moving forward? It's, it's funny because uh, Hampton already jumped over to the CAA, right? And they were in the Big South before. And so now I always joke that ECU always followed uh, a little late, so they joined Conference USA. Everybody left. They joined the AAC. <laughs> yeah. Campbell is kind of doing the same thing. You know, the CAA has been such a great league for so long, but then all of a sudden JMU leaves and a couple other teams leave, and I was, it's not quite the CAA it used to be. Yeah. So Campbell might be showing up a little late to the party, but they're still at least in the party. The uh, the Big South they're a part of now is about to, to crumble, at least football-wise. They're, I don't know how they're going to survive. Uh, once they lose a the couple of A and T's leaving, and now uh, and Campbell's leaving, so that's not going to leave them with very much. So good move by Campbell. It salvages a little bit, but I'm not sure it's quite the CAA that it used to be a few years ago. Yeah, conference realignment affecting everything as the dominoes continue to fall, even at the FCS level and uh, CAA basketball. Still a, a, a good. I, I like watching that tournament every year, Brian, and uh, yeah, still get some good teams there. Oh, no, look, the football has been great there, and, and so has the basketball. And the baseball's actually been a good conference there. I've always thought the CAA has been underrated. Now, I'm a JMU homer, and I knew, you know, CAA is where they lived for 30 years, but now they're gone from there. So uh, it's easier for me to say the CAA isn't as good as it used to be because JMU's not there. But now it's still a, it's still a solid conference outside of football. And even the football's not bad. It's just not as strong as it used to be. Well, how about JMU in the uh, the Fun Belt, Brian? A new look Sun Belt, which is a really good football league. Uh, how did the Dukes fit in there? You think uh, it's going to be interesting? I mean, they were picked to finish uh, second to last in their division, which is natural because they're a new team making the jump up to one A. Uh, but they are they are loaded. It's just that that Sun Belt's good. I wished that ECU was in the Sun Belt. I like that position better than the AAC, especially for the future. It's more of a regional, eastern regional league. It's got really good football teams in it. 
So I, I, I'm jealous. If you're an ECU fan, I'm kind of jealous that JMU's in there and ECU isn't. Although, look, the AAC hasn't been bad, but once they lose Houston and Cincinnati and uh, Central Florida, I mean, that's going to be a big hit to that conference. But I think the Sun Belt, the best days are ahead of that conference. They've done it the right way. The regional concept is really what college sports should be all about. And so I'm hoping, uh, for personal reasons and for just sentimental reasons, I'm hoping an old-school regional conference has great success. Yeah, I mean, if all things are even, speaking on money, it obviously would make more sense for East Carolina to be in a conference like that. And then when you factor in what's coming in in, uh, next year with, what, like North Texas and UTSA and schools like that, I mean, would you rather play them or would you rather play these area schools from the Sun Belt? That answer is an easy one. So, unfortunately, though, it all comes down to – where you can uh, can get the most dollars, and apparently that's uh, that's going to be the AAC at least moving forward here. It looks like in the short term, right? Yeah, in the, so yeah. Chasing that short term money, but long term, I'm telling you, Sun Belt. And then you look at the regional rivalries East would have if they were in there with Old Dominion and JMU and App State and Marshall. I mean, and Coastal Carolina. I mean, it's right in the middle of that. It's, it's a brilliant no brainer, but and maybe it could still happen, but. You're right, TV money rules, and right now the Sun Belt isn't quite the TV money that the AAC is, but when you go back next contract comes up. Brian North joining us on a Friday. North, uh, appreciate your time as always. Enjoyed it. And uh, we will catch up with you again next week. We'll be one week closer to some real football games. Right, we're getting there. Uh, look, it was good to see the first NFL preseason game. Havelock native Kendall Vickers with a quarterback sack in the game. So, yeah, I'm starting to get pretty excited about it. There you go. I knew you'd find a local angle with the Hall of Fame game last night. Well done. North, uh, enjoyed it, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good, Clipper. Brian North joining us on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take our final timeout, come back, get ready to wrap up today's edition, and send you off into the weekend. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up 76 points and closed out the week at 32,803. The Nasdaq was down 63 at 12,657. S&P dropped six points, closed out the week at 4,145. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. All right. Love to do the little milestones, but this will be the last Friday without any kind of football for a really long time. Because you think about it, preseason next week, then high school begins the following week. I saw something yesterday. I saw the light, and I was baptized. But anyway, go ahead. Right, and um, and that's a good point. But uh, <laughs> it said yes, I saw something yesterday that yesterday kind of marked the first. It's the first week. No oh boy, they'll be. Full- We've already said this earlier in the show. What way better than you're about to say it? Wait, there, there's football on every week until the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it was Weaver. It was somebody. Yeah. Oh uh, well, uh, I wanted to reiterate that. <laughs> okay. how, what about a what about a story? And a, an exciting time it is mm-hmm. here in August. Yeah. 
can't. What are you doing? Yeah, like you just like joined the show to right the last two minutes. For those just tuning in, for those just tuning in, you just looked at a calendar for the first time. Like you just woke up out of a coma. I did. I was in a uh, in a coma. I would love to go in a coma. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Fire radio out of context. I would love to go into a coma. In a sentence. That's it. I didn't have anything to add to that sentence. Uh, After March to, well, I would. I, if my family would join me in the coma i'd have to talk to my family because like i don't want to miss you know my daughter growing up and stuff <laughs> but i want to go in a sports coma. Really well <laughs> i'm glad that i wasn't the only idiot uh, on this segment if you're just joining us chandler <laughs> yeah. is lost and uh clip wants to be in a coma we kind of quit the show about five minutes ago this is this is like bonus material sports coma right after the ncaa basketball tournament wake me up about now before you no, go, you see go baseball we'll just tell you when you wake up mm. how about when ec baseball ends okay until now yeah sign me up sign me up for a coma sign me up all right chan man have a good weekend all right buddy you too Shirley, have a great weekend i plan on it cj have a magnificent weekend thank you all right we'll see you monday right here this very microphone pirate radio live Until then, for the crew here, I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.